This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Hey, hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Blueprint Review podcast. And it's the end of the year time, uh, beginning of a new t- year time, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so we're going to be looking back over 2012 and judging our individual favourite top 10 films. And we're also going to be talking about our t- least favourite five, I think, although I think some of you only got three, we'll see. And, uh, and maybe a few other little uh, looks back at the, at the year, the year that just ended. Cool. Uh, first of all, though, we're not going to talk about trailers, uh, partly because I haven't really seen any new trailers recently, but I thought, because it's the start of a new year, uh, let's just have a brief chat about, because it's going to be a long episode, brief chat about what we're looking forward to in 2013. Anyone got any particular favourites that um, they're... Uh, uh, absolutely exactly. nothing. Absolutely nothing? Nothing you're looking forward to. I'm with Darren. No. I'm I'm, I'll wreck it, Ralph. Next week, a couple of weeks. Yeah, there's there's all the Oscar ones that that I'm intrigued by. There's like Les Miserables and Wreck It Ralph. Have we missed Lincoln? Wreck It Ralph, <laughs> Ralph is nominated for the Oscars, that? isn't it? Lincoln, you haven't missed You're it. Nominated for one. Yet. <laughs> oh, oh really? boom! Of course, I know. Best animated film. I'm yeah, looking no, forward to Lincoln. I think it's going to be just immense. It is supposed to be the reviews have been crazy, but yeah, all the all the Os- all the Oscar, well, all the BAFTA films, which is ridiculous. I think. 75% of the BAFTA-nominated films haven't come out in Britain yet, which is ridiculous. So you've, we've still got Lincoln, Zero Dark Thirty, Django Unchained, Les Miserables, although that's out like, tomorrow, but we've, most of the films that are up for all these awards um, yeah, aren't out see. yet over here. Um, we always have to wait until the Oscars sort of season. It's, uh, it's frustrating. It does mean you get loads of good films in January. It's always good fun, but... Um, but at the same time, it's frustrating. You don't always get to catch them all because it's hard to cram like six films into a month or whatever. Um, if you're not busy. when you do cinema days. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to the Oscar ones. In terms of later films, um, there is finally. Uh, this is going to my usual martial arts <laughs> extravaganzas. Finally, the Grandmaster is coming out, which is uh, Wong Kar Wai's uh, martial arts epic. And there's actually, I've seen, there's one review has been announced. I think it is actually finished and someone has seen it. And the review is very positive. So I'm very excited because I love a bit of Wong Kar Wai and I love a bit of martial arts action, as you all have bored to tears with. Yeah, cool. Linz, anyone else? Oh, well, Linz, you said Lincoln. Yeah, and then I did, actually, I did my homework and I watched a trailer and I kind of went looking and I watched a few trailers and then I discovered a trailer for Oblivion with Tom Cruise oh, and yeah. I've, not heard, I've not heard anything about it. Did we talk film. about that last week? Oh, did <laughs> did you? Did I miss that as well? Was uh, it just you and me, Darren, last week? I can't remember. No. <laughs> Lindsay was here. Did we talk about Oblivion? No, I've seen no we didn't. No. Oh, okay, no, the I think film? I was just talking. Have you seen the film? Yeah, I, I saw the trailer, yeah, I was... Um, I spoke to my brother, I think I was just speaking to a brother about it and, and Darren tried to watch it the other week. But um, yeah, yeah I've seen the trailer sat, for that. It's been sat on someone's shelf for a while and then I just thought, well, he's getting a bit of good press out of Jack Reacher, let's get it out there. No, no, it's going to be a big, it's a big release. It's, gonna, it's one of the big films next year, I imagine. Looks bad. 
Oh, it looks fun. It looks, I don't know, it does look a bit cheesy, a bit textbook. I'm looking forward to Superman more and more. I'm Ooh. kind of really intrigued by it. I know it's going to be shit, but I'm hoping it's not. I just don't like Zack Snyder, I don't like the character, but the trailer, it really impresses me every time I watch it. <laughs> I don't like the director, I don't like the, the character the film is set around, but I am looking forward to it. Do you just yeah, want to see him die? Is that what it is? I'd, I'd love to see him die. I just, I don't know, I think the trailer's really interesting. I think it's a really good trailer. Um, I saw the, I'll tell you what I did see, because we went to watch um, The Hobbit in um, IMAX, we saw a seven-minute um, introduction to um, Star Trek Two. Seven-minute introduction? Yeah, oh, showed the whole introduction. Pre-credit sprawl. No, it looks shit. Like Star Trek. Because fucking lens flares flying in my face every three seconds. Um, and just the acting is just so cheesy. And, and Simon Pegg, oh my God. When he turns up and he does his, the most caricatured, cartoony Scottish accent you've ever heard. Uh, have you seen Shrek? It's, but it's like that. But at least but Shrek is... Well, I hate Shrek. But at least it's a cartoon. And you can you can get away with exaggerated voices, but when you're looking at something human, and then the speaking like it's just no, no, it looks awful. Visually, it looks really good, but no, no, not good. Um, we're all a bit miserable. Is anybody actually excited about anything? It's a busy week. Yeah, that's oh, still, is monsters the new monsters Inc. out this year? That's out in a week or two, actually. Yeah. No, 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 the old ones out. in 3D, the new one should be out this year. Yeah. Which, at, when, as soon as I see kind of more of that, I'll be like, yeah! Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. No! Sequels, boo. What? What? What's your objection, Dave? Uh, the trailer wasn't particularly grand. What was wrong with it? Mind-blowing. It was, it was all right, I guess. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Are we going to fall out? Maybe. Well, okay. I think just Pixar, people have lost faith in them. Although, to be honest, Brave wasn't too bad. But um, it wasn't brilliant either. Brave wasn't amazing. But anyway, anyway, enough of that nonsense. Um, we've all seen a few films. Um, Ooh, the review of the year is going to take a while, so I think we should not take too long over what we've seen. Ooh, hang on. But, um, but we have seen a few films. Uh, I'll kick things off. I have seen a couple of films at the cinema. The first one I'll talk about, uh, I don't think anyone else has seen it, is Jack Reacher. Has anyone yep. else seen it? Yeah, I saw it. I have seen it. Cool. Seen it's it. the only one I have seen. Uh, well, basically, it is, it's the new Tom Cruise movie. It's based on the, is it Lee Childs? Um, one of the Jack Reacher novels. I think they've done dozens of them. I don't know a lot about them, to be honest, but I think they, they're quite popular. Uh, and it's just, it's it's... I won't go too much detail about the plot because it's it's a thriller. You don't want to give too much away, but uh, basically, um, some sort of some sniper sort of turns up in this city. I can't, I can't remember which city is it Minneapolis or something. I can't remember. Um, but he, he shows up in this city and just takes out a bunch of people all in one go. And the police come in, and the the evidence is just blatant on the scene, and they know exactly who it is straight away. They catch him within a few hours. Um, but when this guy is uh, they question him. Um, they get him to sign a confession, and on the confession, he just says, "Get me Jack Reacher" or something like that. And and basically, Jack Reacher shows up. It's Tom Cruise, and uh, some sort of mystery ensues, and uh, you start to discover that there's more to this story than you think, as 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 you full well imagine. And uh, yeah, it's just like an exciting thrillery sort of blockbustery um, deal. Um, 
And what do they think of it? Uh, I had fun with it. It's very, it's generic. It's some of the writing's pretty bad and stuff, and it's very silly. Uh, but you know what? I watched it just after Christmas. I was in a good mood. Um, it's fun. It's fast paced. It's got Werner Herzog as the bad guy, which is ridiculous. <laughs> But I found but quite remember amusing. Dave and I was saying Werner Herzog directs it and you're going no I don't think so that's why yeah, he's been associated yeah, yeah. with it but he's randomly the bad guy and the, which added a, a little extra interest to the film uh, it, it was weird the first scene I saw him in though because I'm so used to hearing his voice in these sort of documentaries that he does um, I, I struggle to take his voice seriously he's got this such a thick accent and he's got a very strange way of saying uh, saying things and um, when he first came on screen I, I just, just thought it was just stupid but he kind of grows on you, and I quite like him. It, again, like the film, it is goofy, and in in a, in a more serious context, I think I just wouldn't have bought it. But the film never takes itself too seriously. It, it does at times, but uh, yeah, it's a fun sort of fun ride. It's it's good fun, but it's it's nothing special. Don't expect a real solid sort of intriguing thriller. The storyline is pretty bollocks. I don't want to shit on the books because I've not read them, but. Doesn't doesn't make me want to rush out and read the books, but yeah. What did you think, Linz? Uh, I probably agree. Like it was, it was fun. It was, you know, the kind of thing you, I, I expected. Although it wasn't as actiony as I expected no, it to be. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't mind didn't mind that so much, and I didn't mind that it was a bit ploddy. But I kind of I started to think about this must be what it's like for people who don't who haven't read the books on other series is where they series is. is where they make massive leaps with the plot, and you're like, what? That doesn't make any... What? Why would you do that? Like, the whole bit where, at one point, he decides, he, he swears to somebody he's going to beat them to death with his own hands, and he could easily shoot him, and he stops, and they have a big man scuff on it. It's like, oh, it's fucking... It's just... It's a bit... Oh, one thing I read, actually, with and... regards to that, I think one thing that's the film might have got wrong, I just read this today in a review, is... Um, in the books, Jack Reacher, the character, is massive. He's like six foot he's five. He's a big black man. Yeah, he's, he's fucking yeah. massive and he's just a, a machine. When as obviously here, it's fucking Tom Cruise. He's yeah. the shortest Tom Cruise, man in the world. And he's runty and he, he looks old and it, it it kind of... I buy him as a as a kind of fallen action hero, but when it went all mano o mano And this dude was pretty buff and it was like, yeah. there's no like way you'd be able shit. to beat him to death. But, Jack um, Reacher's you know, like a my, great my name my for a when I told her I was going, she was like, he's not Jack Reacher, you can't see that. Ah! And I haven't read the books, and to be honest, they kind of they fit into. I don't really do kind of crime thrillery stuff, but reach I kind of feel reach. like this is what the Da Vinci Code must be to somebody who'd never read the book. Yeah. And like, what? What? Why is she driving that car backwards? What? Well, no. Although I hated the Da Vinci Code, and I quite Such enjoyed a bad that. film, but it's brilliantly bad. Actually, it's quite entertaining to watch. I need to get to a library fast. But um, <laughs> like, I had fun with it, and I do really like seeing Tom Cruise run around. And I was kind of glad that it was a bit plottier. But um, it was very, very silly. Yeah, and it all looked it, it looked very fake a lot of the time. Like everything was a bit too shiny and a bit too bright and yeah, a bit too a bit convenient. Blandly sort of put together, wasn't it? But it's but kind of fun in a cheesy way. Yeah, no, look, it was entertaining. It helps that I had a massive bag of potatoes, but you know, <laughs> I had nachos. Hey, you see the snacks. That's it. You just get lost in the cinema experience. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but it's nice to see Tom Cruise running around again. Cool. Um, what else are people? I know you guys. Have you not seen anything else, Dave? 
I have seen something else, but you've seen it as well, and so I might let you guys introduce it. Oh, okay. It. Well, should we tell you what? We'll talk... We'll talk the Hobbit we've already chatted about, so should we just top up? Who wants to go first? Oh, yeah, no, I saw The Hobbit too. But we talked about it last week, but you guys... We'll we be can, very quick. Um, who wants to go first? You go can first, I? Darren. Go on, then, then. I'm really, really disappointed. That's all, like, day, uh, everything dated. I didn't see it in the fancy frame rate. I saw it in 2D. Um, and you chose wisely. The problems you had with it being too polished and you could see every bit of glue and every hair, it's the same in 2D. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> especially in... Um, it's just shit, basically. In Hobbiton, every single one of the dwarves looked like a contemporary dwarf with face putty on. You yeah. could see the seams of wigs, you could see the stitches in their costumes. It wasn't pretty. It looked like a... It looked like a panto up at points. I was like, what was going on? Um, and some of the action sequences were brilliant. And I'm going to watch the rest of them because the fight with the dragon is going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I think by that, they, like, they're so good at that stuff. But I just, it's just sad. It's like it's a really fun book. And they'd made it into a film where I think I actually fell asleep. <laughs> with the elves and the Gladriel. And oh, I was so, so gutted. I was so gutted. I really... Darren? <laughs> um, yeah, I, in a weird way, it kind of isn't... I didn't... Like, like, I wasn't pissed off by it. Like, films make me angry a lot. Like, I watch films and I get angry because they're so shit. And, and this is that shit. But it didn't make me that angry because I expected it to be that shit. I, I did, yeah, because I, I think I was building up to Darren. Yeah, I, I, I knew it. I'd hate it. I knew it would be shit. And it was shit in exactly the same way as I knew it would be shit. So... But saying that, it still was. I mean, obviously, Laura was sat next to me. I don't know how many times I groaned aloud and shook my head and my body just vibrated with fury at what it was doing. I, I actually don't know how often I did. Did I do it a lot? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did, yeah. But you always do. But, because, I mean, it's just bad. It's bad filmmaking across the board. I mean, you know, let's not... Before you get frames per second, it doesn't work. It's not good. It doesn't have any benefit whatsoever. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why you'd want to do a film like that. Um and, and like you say, yeah, I mean, the special... It's been nominated for three Oscars, hasn't it? It's been, and it's been one of the Oscars' special effects. Now, I agree that some of the creatures are the best we've seen in film. The Goblin King character, the Ogre King or whatever, was phenomenal. The trolls are good. Gollum was obviously amazing. But, you know, of course, the, the kind of creatures I felt were brilliant. But... I'm sorry, but the rest of the special effects were so bad. The green screen and the compositing in general was atrocious. They always looked like they was on sets and against against green screens. All, all pretty much eighty percent of the way through, it was like this is a set or a green screen. It never looked real or natural. And then just a lot of the other kind of spot effects, like the crockery and the atrocious fucking dwarf song, putting all the crockery away scene, and oh. it's like especially it was it was jarring. It was absolutely jarring. And um, my, my biggest problem with it, and I have this problem with Lord of the Rings, but let's not turn it into a Lord of the Rings debate. My big problem with it is things just happen. There's no sense of drama or danger or conflict. It's like the story just happens and it doesn't make any sense. It just, you've been told random events and stories and it just happens. You're like, I don't really get what's going on or why. And more importantly, it really suffers from, the old, I bring this up a lot, is like Deus Ex Machina, you know, it it suffers from. These characters never, ever get themselves out of their own situations, ever. You know, Gandalf thing, things go wrong. G- Gandalf turns up, 
whenever he's needed, twice. When he's in problem, these fucking eagles turn up and help them at the last possible second. I get that he called them earlier on, but it's still the way that... And even like during the riddle and stuff, it's almost like Gollum gives him the answer to get out of the situation. It's like nobody solves their own problems. It just happens. It just luckily is... And it's infuriating. That dramatic, that's what it does. It's like, so there's walking along, blah, 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 blah. and And it's just irritating. And my final point of irritation on this film is my problem with Lord of the Rings again as well. I think this is another thing about it. Is that I don't think it's that much worse than the Lord of the Rings films. But anyways, again, let's not turn into that. Because the problem I had with Lord of the Rings and the problem I had with this is the way Peter Jackson directs. He presents. Like, you know, I, I, I always go on about Lord of the Rings irritated me because they stop at a venue and then they point at it and go, oh, the caves of Mordor. And then they carry on walking. Then they go somewhere else and stop. And they look at it and then they go, blah, 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 blah. And then they announce and everything's presented. Now, this film didn't actually do that. But it, it did on a visual level. Like, it still presented these locations. And even the characters. Like, for example, like when the king fucking dwarf, he's, he's looking on the edge of a cliff. And then the, that guy's telling that expositional story of what happened to him when he was younger. But the way it's directed, the camera angles are all these hero shots looking up at him and slowly sweeping past him and his hair's blowing in the wind and it's all presenting. It's all these this really artificial presenting. And in Gl- Gladriel, uh, her whole character is presented the way she turns slowly towards the camera and everything is so fake and irritating. Um, oh, I think I like the, I think that's partly what I like about Lord of the Rings I like the grand presentations I like them over egging like yeah this is the fucking god of whatever <laughs> I like shit like that I think okay. that's kind of why I like Lord of the Rings yeah it just, it just, I just don't like this, this kind of you know really kind of presenting on a platter like but um, what I will say is that it, like I say it didn't actually irritate me that much I think I maybe even chuckled a couple of times um, and I actually think Bilbo Baggins is pretty good in it and I didn't mind yeah. the sort of sentimental ending to his character. I actually think he's I actually quite liked his journey in a weird way, like the way he's developing. And he kind of grounds, I think Freeman grounds it quite well. Um, and I thought the Gollum scene was amazing, actually. That was the only scene yeah, in it that I thought, brilliant. okay, that's a really good scene. Um, the only, Literally the only scene that I think was really good in it. But um, yeah, there's my thoughts. Um, do you want to add anything, Laura? Or? I've only got a couple of things to add. Because um, you all love, you three love Lords of the Rings, don't you? So it's yeah. interesting. <laughs> it did almost give me the mic there, didn't you? Um, yeah, um, the only thing that I wanted to add to that was about the fact that um, it's, again, coming back to Lord of the Rings, there were shots in it that you were talking about shots, but there were shots in it that were exactly the same shots as they'd done in Lord of the Rings. And it, it, I kind of lost count, like the odd one, like, um, for example, when Bilbo catches the ring on his finger and exactly the same as Frodo does in Lord of the Rings, just like, at that point, it got like, oh my God, because there'd just been so many like shots of them on the mountains and in the elf kingdom and all of those places. They just were doing the same shots. It's like, he just pulled Lord of, Lord of the Rings out and just decided to just pretty much copy it. I just didn't understand why it was all the same. Yeah. Like why I didn't try. I can see things. why they do a few brief references but to time together. Is fine, but, but it was but exactly constant. the same. Yeah, yeah. And there were it's so many, it just got ridiculous. And then also, I I still haven't had an answer to this as to why. And you might know this, Dave. Why did it look in places like someone had pressed fast forward? Was that the forty-eight frames? That's the forty-eight thing? frames. It looked. Second. It didn't look. Real, it looked like they were really fast. Yeah, I know. It's really strange. A lot of people have said that. I didn't really get the speed I thing. It. I didn't know. On the occasion, it, but... particularly when they, they were walking, it just a little bit Charlie Chaplin. It actually, just occasionally went. Yeah. It was weird. It actually made it 
look like, as you said, like an old film, like when frames was, there were less frames per second because it was so <laughs> weird. jarring. It was really strange, like too fast. And maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that probably wasn't that brief. But anyway, there you go. There was three <laughs> of us. Um, because obviously you three all love Lord of the Rings. What is your, like, so, but what's your opinion of it, Laura? Is it um, all right? Because obviously disappointing seems to be the word from you three. Yeah. So, but is it, is it, do you still think it's a really bad film or do you think it's disappointing, but it's still all right? And what's your... I think the biggest problem for me was the fact that it, it looked far too, what Lindsay and Dave were talking about, far too crisp and clean for a fantasy film, so I couldn't get lost in the fantasy. And I, usually I can like any fantasy film because I can just get lost in it, even if it's bad. But because it looks so crisp and clean, it just was ridiculous. I couldn't get lost in the world. So, but I loved the Gollum scene like you did. What about you, Lindsay? Is it, is it a shit? Do did, did you think it was shit or just disappointing? It was just, I think it was boring. Oh, d- yeah, that's a good word. I forgot. Dull. It was It was dull. boring. Yeah. yeah. And it shouldn't very... have been, and that's what makes it really sad. Yeah. I didn't find it... I, I wouldn't use the word boring. I, 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 personally, I sort of... I was still sort of enjoyed watching it, but, um, but I was just disappointed. I, for me, it was more some of the narrative... Because what I like most about Lord of the Rings which is probably the opposite of what Darren said a minute ago, <laughs> is I think it has so much drama because I, I mentioned this already last week, so I don't want to get into it. But for me, Lord of the Rings, it feels like there's a weight behind it. It feels like there's something at stake. There didn't feel like there was anything at stake in this film. It was just like bang, bang, scene, 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 scene. There was just no flow and it was just like, yeah. that's what annoyed me here more than anything. Who actually cared if the dwarves got home or not? Oh, that's yeah, a... who gives a fuck? Oh. I just didn't care. <laughs> I tell you what, I actually thought that was an amazing... Poor that, dwarves. I kind of was a great bit. was when... Um, because earlier on, they sort of referenced um, the idea of um, them, them having a home and stuff like that. I actually thought that was a really nice moment when Bilbo yeah. ended up saying, "I'm doing it because I've got a home, and you guys haven't." So, and I kind of liked that. I kind of yeah, worked but for me a bit. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't feel big enough for the type of oh, film. Oh, not it on was, about that. That's the thing. I, I think, think that's the thing for me. Yeah, yeah the story works, and yeah, and I, I, like you said, the the set, turning this first film, giving it its own little arc, worked. Um, that's why, as I say, I wasn't bored. I was, I was sort of in there with the story, but I think the overall feel and the overall drama mm. didn't feel as big for this type of film. I think, like you say, with all these scenes of this is Mordor, this is that, you ne- that works for me in Lord of the Rings because it's big, because everything feels big. But in here, it feels like they've got quite a small, more intimate story about a group of people wanting to go home, but they've tried to pump it full of air to turn it into a fucking big, epic, lengthy piece, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if it was the first act of one film, then it'd have been, yeah, yeah. whatever. Anyway, um, so what else did we see? Um, Dave, what what have you seen that we've seen? Uh, I have. I saw Life of Pi, which you guys. Oh, have seen. You, did you not chat about it last time? No, no, I, I saw this. This is the last film I saw at the cinema. Oh, I right, saw Jack Reach. You chat about it then, Dave, because obviously me, me and Laura got others to chat about. So you chat yeah. about Life of Pi. Um, Life of Pi. Um, I liked Life of Pi a lot. Um. Uh, in fact, you might hear me talk about it a little bit later no. on. But no, I liked it a lot. Um, I've read the book. It must admit it's been a while since I've read the book. And I couldn't remember a lot of it coming into the film. But as soon as the film started, everything was coming back. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, now I remember all this. Um, I don't know. I mean, the major, major, major thing about it that works best is obviously the visuals. It just looks incredible. The cinematography is incredible. Um, just the design of it, the look, it's so colourful and bold and it looks it looks different. It doesn't really look like anything else. And um, 
the special effects. We were talking about the Hobbit with some amazing special effects. I thought the CGI in this was amazing. The, the, the tiger just looks pretty much real. Um, there's, there's very, very few little bits where I think when he gets wet, it maybe looks a little bit funny, but um, that works very well. And I don't know, it's just... I just... I was so sort of enraptured by it all. I was just like, oh, yeah, this is it. I'm here. And the, like, the... Um, when the ship sinks, because obviously I haven't gone into this, I haven't told the story at all, have I? <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously the, the film is about um, about Pi, a guy called Pi, who's um, telling his life story um, to this, what is he, an author basically. And, um, and he's telling him about when uh, he was young, he was in a, a shipwreck basically, and there's a, this boat sinks and he's left on a, on a little sort of life raft, and he's on this life raft with a tiger um, and a couple of other animals, but we won't, we won't go into that. But mainly with this tiger, um, what's his name again? Oh, I can't remember. Richard. Richard Parker. Richard Parker. That's it. Um, yeah, and and I mean the, there are other elements. The story too it sort of tells a bit more of his backstory as a child before, um, but most of, most of the film is told through flashback of him on this boat, um, and it's all links together to. Uh, themes of sort of storytelling and mainly religion there's a lot of stuff about faith and religion and um, like the character pi himself is he follows multiple religions and the whole idea of the story and um, i don't give too much away but it's it's uh clearly this story is, and the idea of him telling the story is about uh about believing in having faith in higher beings and things it is obviously linked to believing in god and all this um so yeah, that's what it's about. But as I say, it just it's mainly as a spectacle is why I just loved it. And uh, like the the set piece when the boat sinks, it was just amazing. It's really intense, it looks incredible, the camera's going under the water and everything. It just everything like that's fantastic. Um and for me I was just really drawn with the story. I, just, I, I think for me I, I just found it very interesting. The themes are interesting. I'm not religious at all. Um I don't believe in God in any way. I I'm I am an atheist. But I find religion interesting. I find the people believing in it interesting. And for me, the film, it's its one of these films where afterwards, because um, my mum's quite religious, and after I watched it with my parents and my brother and, and, and my wife and stuff, and afterwards it sort of it brought a lot of conversation out. I mean, a lot of films you just watch them, yeah, that was all right. This actually got us talking. People had different takes on actually what it meant and uh, and what they were trying to... What, what, what they're trying to get out. It's, it's difficult to talk too much without giving some of it away. Um, so no, I found it interesting, I found it fascinating to watch, really engrossing, um, and mainly it just it just looks incredible, it's just such a sort of fantastic sort of journey sort of thing. Um, yeah, loved it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go next. Um, yeah, I, I found it... A little bit different to you, Dave. I found it slightly disappointing. Mm. Um, I read the book years, quite a few years ago now, and um, what I remembered of the book, and I didn't remember the details. But what I'd remembered was just enjoying the. This sound a bit wanky, but enjoying the experience of the book. So that whole idea of that that journey and that kind of fight for survival, and the, even the kind of journey of spirituality was quite interesting. But the problem I found when it was translated to film, yes, the spectacle was amazing, but it couldn't. It couldn't tell everything. It couldn't get into the depth. So sometimes there were just these really 
weirdly jarring lines and sometimes that were comedy and I'm not even sure they were meant to be like we Darren and I both laughed at when the fish came and he said oh I think it's Krishna you've come in the form of a fish and oh like, that was a joke it was funny but in the, in the I'm sure in the book it's like a massive spiritual moment for him no. it's just, it's, oh, yeah, it's that just, bit was great it kind of works line. it does yeah, kind yeah. of work that's that's a bad example because it kind of works in the film but it just I did find it disappointing because I just don't think that the hot and it's hard because I'm comparing it to the book but it didn't kind of translate that well and also um even though the scenery was there's absolutely like the even though the visuals were beautiful it didn't kind of match up to what I'd imagined like no. when I'd read it and especially the island I won't go into too much because I don't want to give too much away but there's there's a there's an island in it. I won't say any more than that. But that, in my head, I was quite excited about that coming up because in my head, that bit in the book had been amazing. And then it was very much a letdown. But then maybe I was just expecting mm. too much. I don't know. Yeah. As I say, it's been a while. Um, so I couldn't remember it that much. There was something this else. This is the problem about reading what we about before. When you read the book, it's. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it, the, 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 that's the thing. I think the story itself, like if you've ever. It's very similar to. Um, oh, it's gone out of my head. Um, the Alchemist, if you've ever read that, the kind of ideas behind it, it's that yeah. kind of spiritual journey. Um, so, and again, I just think that that story would, if you would make that into a film, be really difficult. It's just because it, spirit, a book about spiritual journey is going to be really difficult to trans, mm. I think, translate into film. Yeah. But uh, pull it off for me. I tell you, the one thing that di- did I did think was a little weak, and like you were saying, some of the lines came off a bit comedy. Was I do think the. Uh, the main sort of performer, the, not not when he's, I think, Pi. Not when he's not, I like old Pi, I liked a lot. But I thought young Pi, who was on the boat, I don't think he was the best actor no, in the world. I don't think he, no. he did let things down a little bit. Because there were some lines sort of that came out really cheesily, some sort of like nose and stuff like that. Um, but I sort of, <clears throat> I stuck with it. I didn't, um, it didn't bother me too much. Um, I'll be I'll be quick. I'm I've not read it at all, so um, I just went, kind of went in. Um, where do I sit? Um, I thought it was good. I liked it. I was like, after knowing that Dave loved it and hearing all the buzz, I was a bit disappointed at it. In all honesty, like I mean, like these guys have said, it you know, as a, the direction of it is phenomenal. It is a mate, absolutely amazingly directed film. Um, but Angley is amazing, and it it does look amazing. I saw it as more, for some reason, it reminded me of Tree of Life, and I don't mean that in a bad way for Life of Pi because I hated Tree of Life. It did remind me more of like an experimental film, like a collection of images and almost like artworks, like almost like each event had a different look to it and it added sort of a different dynamic to it. And I thought it was kind of each one within their own was beautiful and amazing. Um, I for me, I think in a way the film set itself up in a in a way that let me down. In a way, it's like the film let, let itself down. And what I mean by that is that the film starts off where, like, um, like Dave explained, the um, pie telling a story to an author, and the two things he says is, "This is the most amazing story you'll ever hear, and this will make you believe in God." <laughs> now, it wasn't the most amazing story I ever heard, and I definitely didn't believe in God after watching it. So, in a way, I was disappointed that the story. The event is amazing. This kid survived by kind of sort of very slowly forming some sort of respect relationship with a tiger. That's, that's an interesting. But for me, the, 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 there wasn't much more to it than that. It was just that's all it was. That's all that happened. So there wasn't like loads of... There wasn't that much kind of 
various sort of dramatic incidents really um, so I was a bit disappointed I didn't think it was like a phenomenon it wasn't like a mind-blowing story it was just a mind-blowing scenario um, and I also I didn't think the, the religious stuff was as prominent maybe because I haven't read the book but I never really got loads of religious stuff from obviously it's it's heavily referenced but I never really got the spiritual side to the story too much so that didn't it, so it definitely didn't make me believe in god i suppose so in a way the sort of film set itself up as this we're going to do this and, yeah. and i didn't think it kind of went through that but it was phenomenal um it it just looked phenomenal he's never going to win the best director because it's always best film best they always win the same ones don't they yeah. but you never know but it w- was absolutely stunning and adding a orangutan in it <laughs> and every everything it did made me laugh so um yeah and it's i, I look like the, the the way the the opening it's got this really heightened reality to it like the bit where his uncle where he's got big puffed out chests yeah, swimming did, it's loved i loved all i that. did like i liked the whole sort of her stuff i was sort of uh, these backstories sort yeah of yeah it was just so that. good it sort of reminded it's like big fish in a way yeah. and it's sort of quite roald dahl-esque it kind of reminded me of projects that i'm whatever um so it's good another thing i would say is I really wish it wasn't a story told in flashback, but Dave disagrees with me on this yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> I disagree. I think it needed it. I think the whole idea of the film rests on that. I don't think it would have worked without that, mm. really. I think for me as well, a lot of it was about storytelling and about religion and beliefs as story, as sort of influenced by storytelling, sort of driven by storytelling. I think you sort of needed him telling that story for that. For that, to it, but I never really got that from it, so yeah. that's why I probably didn't feel it needed. Um, but that's, but that's, you know, that's the beauty of film, to and chat about it. But yeah. I had to put it a bit tighter and, you know, whatever, anyway. But um, stunt, beautiful. You've got to watch it, Lynn, just for some of the visuals. Um, has she fallen asleep? No, I'm still here. <laughs> no, she's really just... Okay, we've got to be quick because... I've got we're... questions, but they're probably spoilers, so I should probably no, go on, ask go you on. Not spoilery. Ask him and won't answer if it's a spoiler. Okay, does the does the film flirt with the idea that it's an alternative at the end, as that it does at the end spoiler. of the book? <laughs> as in, as in, it's not the, the story is a metaphor. Yeah, it does, the whole it, thing it, is, it, is the a film does flirt with it, and then the ending hammers you over the head with it. But let's not get I, onto that too much. But that's another debate that, that okay. um, we could have um, about how unnecessary the ending is. Yeah. Um, but well, what other questions do you have? They mainly centre around that, but I don't think we can do it without. No, no, yeah, spoiling, okay. So I, just, um, I need to see it, and I, we've I already think spoiled that. It a yeah, let's be quick. Let's be quick. Um, yeah. On the next two, we've seen two. Well, yeah. Safety not guaranteed, and the impossible. Which one do you want? I don't mind. Either is fine. I'll chat about safety not guaranteed. Safety not guaranteed is an American independent film, the same producers as um, Little Miss Sunshine and Ruby Sparks, I think. Um, and um, I got onto Ruby Sparks a bit later on. Um, <laughs> So um, and what what it is? It's um, the, I actually think the origin of the film is 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 interesting. So I'll explain the origin. Years ago, there was an article in a, 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 an American newspaper, and the article somebody paid for it, and it said, "Looking for someone to time travel with? Bring your own weapons." <laughs> I've only done it once before. Safety not guaranteed. Right? Hey. That's it. And no one knew who did who paid for it. No one knew, knows anything about it. So amazing. There's some screenwriter wrote a script around this advert. And I think that's a lovely little story. So the, the, the film is, it's set in this sort of, you know, the, these journalists, and they're looking for articles. And one person says, I've seen this advert. Someone's looking for someone to go to time travel with them. Why don't we do an undercover story on this? He takes two interns, so there's this group of three, um, and they go and sort of try and convince this guy to be the person who 
to go time traveling with. And it's basically, the, mainly, it's about this relationship between the young female who's the intern and the guy who's time traveling. And it's about her and she's his partner. And it's about their relationship and about how and what this time travel scenario is and the sort of backstory about why he wants to time travel. She, why she wants to do it in terms of the story. And basically, they slowly sort of fall in love as it builds and this sort of conspiracy theory by this nut job is what he's referred to as and that very slowly maybe he's not as crazy as everybody thinks <laughs> and it's a and um, so that's the kind of general concept and the, the film is really lovely it's it's sweet it's funny it's not funny enough i wish it was funnier it, it had a lot more potential for comedy but it is funny but it's it, it could have been a bit more all the characters are brilliantly drawn out. The story's great. It doesn't quite go where you expect it to go, but it sort of does. Um, and it's it's just it's just original. It's just very original. It's you don't really see much like this getting made. It's quite eight is in a way. It's quite John, you know, going to John Hughesy in a in a weird little way. With like, the idea sounds a bit yeah, quirky ending and stuff. Loads of youngish sort of characters it's just sort of well played well you know gonna kind of the writing the do everything about it it's just like you can't i can't imagine people faulting too much about it to be honest it's just a really simple short original little film i must admit i didn't know much about it when you said you watched it i had to look it up i, I vaguely recognized the name but i just do nothing about it but no it sounds sounds like it's worth a watch Laura, have you got any additions? Do you know what? I haven't. That, I kind of have exactly the same opinions, to be honest. Perfect summary, Just Darren. Thought, I thought, thought it was a beautiful little film. Um, talk about The Impossible. <laughs> okay. Uh, where, where to start? So, um, The Impossible is... Um... You can start by saying, when I said, let's go watch The Impossible, and you said, um, no, I'm going to go watch Legends of the Guardians. Well, yeah, no, or... <laughs> I, think, I, I do think that's a good place. I do think it's a I good place to start, as... because... Um, after watching the advert, of, uh, the advert, the trailer for The Impossible, um, I thought it looked like a really kind of cheesy, over sentimental kind of Channel Five, sentimental, sentimental <laughs> um, Channel Five kind of film. I just thought it looked terrible, and um, so Darren said, "Let's go and see this film," and I was like, "No, I'll go and see something else. It looks awful," um, and and kind of decided to go and see it because. It had got good reviews. Easily swayed. Um, and then, yeah, and then was, at, you know, and then actually was really pleased that it did because I thought it was a really, really good film. Um, it's, I'm sure most people know, but it's about um, the tsunami that hit Thailand how many years ago now? 2004. 2004. Um, so it's about what, it's It's based on a true fam uh, a family's, ex a real family's experience. Um, but, uh, and it's, Ewan McGregor and is it Naomi? Naomi Watts. Watts yeah. Um, so there's they're the couple, and then there's three boys. They go on holiday, and obviously at Christmas and Boxing Day, the tsunami hits, and it's about their journey, um, and obviously their struggle for survival as as it it plays out. Um, and the it just is just an incredibly touching film. Like I think I cried about eighty to ninety percent of the way through it, and I didn't expect to at all. And you know, I am a bit of a wimp, but I, I, I cried. I really did. You really? I tears in my eyes. I didn't expect that. Like, um, and I think my my sort of I thought the the best bit in it actually is just after it hits, and it's the the you first come across after that you come across the mother and the eldest son, and it's their relationship and their journey together as as they're trying to, to survive and, and kind of help each other out. That, those 
first few scenes for me are the, the most amazing and then they just pull you in and then the oh actually a few problems well not no there aren't a few problems there are a couple of bits at the end that maybe are a bit questionable but by that time I didn't care because I'd been so pulled into this story that it was just really beautiful the, the scene that I was kind of a, I'd like it's very heartbreaking it's a very powerful film really powerful the bit that got me the most and surprising because it's Hugh McGregor was when Hugh McGregor broke down yeah. when he had the oh, phone. Hugh McGregor, every yeah. time Hugh McGregor cries, it's just heartbreaking. I don't know what yeah, he does. I don't write him. I can't watch Hugh McGregor oh. cry and not Some cry. Some moments in this were... He was, he I, thought he was, was I thought he was amazing. I thought he was better. Naomi Watts has been nominated for an Oscar and I think he's better than her. But she's amazing as well. But, amazing. Except her English accent. But, but um, that's, that scene where he can't speak, he, he can't... Mm. is amazing. It's a great scene. Mm. Um, the, the other thing, we had a conversation about this might just be worth mentioning the young actor the eldest lad who was saying i thought i thought he was brilliant i thought it was really really good but we both had problems with his speaking voice didn't we about well basically he's really clicked kind of really clicked speaking voice and it kind of was unfortunately a little bit jarring because it was just too well spoken especially with what he was going through so he was sort of having these moments of i'm acting now and then the moments where it was sort of like he had to show more emotion or he was breaking down. Those were brilliant mm. and he was really good. But when it was kind of, I have to talk and I've got to put my talking I blame the script a, bit. a little bit. They gave him too many lines of dialogue. He was too articulate. He spoke he, for a kid. You know, he's, and it, was a, it was a little bit, but that's a really minor niggle. Mm. My main, I mean, I thought the film was absolutely amazing. I'm definitely going to chat about this in a little bit, in a little bit later yeah, on. But the only problem I had with it, the, literally the only thing, and I was just like, don't do it, please don't do it, is that, you sort of the mum and the boy are together, and then you and McGregor and the other kids are together, and it's just, just this contrived scene of when they all get together at the end. Oh, it's so frustrating. The film is classic. The film is really honest, and that's the, it's kind of really raw and brutal, and that's why it's so kind of heart wrenching. But then there's this really Hollywood. It's not really sentimental. It's just the way it's directed. Is just really, oh, God, don't. Just do it. You know what I mean? Just mm. play it straight. But don't. Is it the truth? Like, is that what happened? No, to it won't. No, 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 it won't. Is it's too contrived. It's just, it's just how they all come together. It's so contrived. Is it's it like, like is it, it doesn't need it. the War of the Worlds? <laughs> it's worse. It's like that. It's like that. It's like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like that. Um, but amazing film. Um, yeah, so there you go. Should we quickly chat about... cheery. Oh, it's, you've got to watch it, though. It's amazing. Should we chat about Oscar nominations? Oh, yeah, I forgot about those. We've got to be... Yeah. Uh, i got one. What? You've got, got one? Oscar, yeah. <laughs> you nominating one. No, no, no. I, 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 got, I received an Oscar nomination just for being awesome. Oh, okay. oh you've got a nom. <laughs> oh. That's the separate private Oscars pie they have just for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're very similar to the BAFTAs and everything, else. The other thing I will say, can I, can I just start off with, is that I, I don't want to live in a world where now not only is Bradley Cooper got a it Oscar nominated, but Hugh fucking Jackman is officially Oscar nominated. It makes me physically ill. How he can surely ed- has anyone seen Silver Lining Playbook though, or whatever no. it's called? It looks really naff, but I don't know. Some some people I've read go some pretty it. good reviews. Yeah, and Jennifer Lawrence is pretty good. I've read some not so great reviews as well. I've not read that many great reviews of it. I've just read lots of semi decent ones. So I'm yeah, surprised by a- how much love it's had by the Oscars, but. I don't know. It looks like an Oscar-y sort of film. But, Maybe uh, he sexed up half the committee. The best though, are they? No, the Oscars. In... The King, the King, yeah. The King's speech one. I mean, 
And and what annoys me about the Oscars is how fucking short their memory span is. It's there's so few films that came out at the beginning of the year. It's all just the last fucking month. It's um it's always frustrating. Although there, this year there are a couple of I mean, but we get this the last few years we always get this is now that they have nine films up for best film. You do get a few surprises in best film, and and it's nice to see Beast of the Southern Wild in there. Um, I haven't seen Amore yet, but from what I gather, Amore's very good, and that's in there. Um, which is a bit of a surprise because foreign films generally just get stuck in the foreign category. It's then, in the foreign category as well. Yes, in both categories. It's blatantly going to win Best Foreign Film. Mm. Um, Can't make decisions for themselves. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but it is frustrating, the Oscars. I think as well, we were talking about this earlier, I think what annoys me about the Oscars is also, and, and this, isn't per, this isn't totally true, but mm-hmm. is how um, f- they generally pick a few films to be in the sort of top nine films of the year, and then all those films are nominated for everything, and there's only very rare that you get... This year you've got The Master, which is only up for acting and not up for some of the other, other categories. But generally, it's just dominated by the same films, which isn't, isn't always fair. I mean, you get some, you'll get some films that may be utterly shit, but the costumes are amazing or the special effects are amazing. And I, Well, I guess, to be honest, special effects is a, a valid example because usually they do have and the put block, it, yeah. blockbuster ones. Hobbit's got three nominations, and that's just Yeah, true. and that's true. But I mean, in some of the... Especially, I mean, the worst category for it is probably things like editing... It's so lazy. I mean, there's some, there's some. I'm very anal. I was looking to the Oscars and things, but I think it's very rare that the best editing Oscar is different from the best film Oscar because they just don't, they don't know. People are just like whatever, just tick the box. And um, yeah, so it, it is a bit frustrating. But same time, I'll still be there watching it. I love to watch the Oscars. I, I think, I think I just like gambling and try to guess who's won it and stuff. But, um, but it's, <laughs> I, I just as well. It's just always. I'm not I'm not a celebrity sort of gossip sort of guy, but I do quite like seeing so many sort of famous actors and directors and stuff all in one room and stuff. It's, it's, there's something quite cool about seeing that, seeing them all together and and wanting to be there. I mean, it, I, I'd I'd fucking analyzing the dresses, Dave. Oh yeah. Oh fuck, that pisses me off. Oh god, I, Dave's all I'm, about the fashion. Watching the red carpet makes me want to shoot myself in the fucking balls. But. Um, <laughs> But but I do like but as I say I do it's just the idea of it I think I think me I would give my fucking first two children to uh, to go to them watch the Oscars live I think first two that's a lot of kids yeah, might be a bit over the top <laughs> bit desperate no. Obrano's Ob- not listening <laughs> no. but um, yeah I'm disappointed Django's Unchained Unche- has been um... I haven't seen it <laughs> I know I don't need to <laughs> oh, you just hate Tarantino. Yeah, I do hate Tarantino. Kind of, it's oh, I'm a, some kind it. of gut instinct with you. Yeah, I, I kind of know what to, I'm to expect, but I may be surprised. Um, you may be. Is, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's one of his best, but it sounds like it's... I'm pleased like... old Denz has been nominated again. Love that man. Yeah, <laughs> cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's not that exciting. I guess the only snu- the only things worth mentioning, I guess, the snubs that everyone's been on about is uh, no Ben, Aff- ben Affleck. He, he's, R goes up for loads of awards, but not for director, which is very surprising. I thought he was in the. Oh no, he's in no, the he's not. director list. And and also um, someone else is missing from director. Uh, I can't remember. But the directors were slightly um, Tom Hooper. Oh, oh no, no, no! The one who's oh, Tom Hooper's missing, but everyone slagged off the direction in Lamers, so it's not that disappointing. But uh, no, Catherine Bigelow's not up either. So the director category is quite oh, is surprising, surprising. Um, but all the other categories are pretty. Slagged, well, he's, oh, don't, don't you hate it when somebody gets lucky with a film like King's Speech, mm. and then all of a sudden they get, get like, and it's like you know, King's Speech is badly directed, mm. and his Lame is meant to be badly directed. Yeah, I've, I've heard people say it's it's enjoyable. From what I've heard, this is just reviews and things but um, but pe- a lot of people have said 
it's enjoyable to watch because the play is very good and the songs are very good. But it's it's supposed to be a bit of a mess and visually and and like directorially and it just doesn't quite work. The performances are a bit shit and it's just. It sounds like well, it's had not two Oscar nominations for performances. So. Yeah, well, again, like I say, the Oscars—the Oscars are just fucking lazy. There are probably a million better performances knocking around this year than Hugh Jackman, but but I, again, uh, I've, not seen it. <laughs> I've, I've not seen Les Miserables, so I shouldn't say. Hugh McGregor. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, okay. So let's just get let's just get down to the main main um, yeah, we're thrust. At, we're at fifty minutes almost already. I haven't fucking started. Um, but we, we can bomb through. Are this. we going to so, do round robin ten, 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 and then nine, nine, nine and eight, eight, eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a tens. Should we do a worst first? Oh yeah, should we start on worst? Oh, worst. Yeah. But this uh, is the, these. Can't put them in an order. Well, oh, oh, you worry up. I'll explain the rules while you worry up and put them in the order. Again, <laughs> okay, no ones. particular order. Where right, so this is the, how it's going to work. Films. Terrible films. Um, right, is Lindsay still babbling away in the background? Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is how it's going to work. So we're all going to say our number tens. Are we disappointing first, Sammy? Yeah, or number fives, and okay, whatever, we'll work. But we're going to start off at the bottom. If nobody else has that film in their top ten, we chat about it and explain why. If somebody has that film higher in their list, they will say, and we will stop, and we won't talk about it then, and we'll wait until that film is at its highest, highest position on one of our lists. Is that clear? Mm-hmm. Crystal. Awesome. Have you ordered yours yet, Linz? No, I'm going to wing it. <laughs> no, you're just going to improvise based on what we say. <laughs> no, I reckon no, Lindsay no, has to I'm go first every it. time. Oh, so much pressure. It's like school. So you are, oh, okay. Um, what you, are your you top ten films? You, you just pick ten films in a big bowl. Okay, Lindsay, you go first. What is your fifth worst film of 2012? Okay, the worst film I saw last year would be no, the fifth. American uh, Pie fifth. Reunion. Fifth. Yeah, that's the worst film. Oh, no. No, fifth no. worst oh. is the ah. Oh, well, that's the worst. Come oh, on, Lindsay. Okay, um, the, la- the least worst film would probably be Dark Knight Rises. Fifth worst film of the year? Yeah. Oh, the more did you hate Dark Knight? I think it was a really... Just a really shit story. It looked great, but every time it comes into my head, I'm like, but why the... And what the... No, it was bad. Looking controversial I straight away. No, I loved it. <laughs> it, narrow, it narrowly missed out being in my top... Have you seen a really? Yeah, but Dave... So, okay, so Lindsay I, really hated Dark Knight. My immediate response to it was really positive, and then I just... Every time, it, every time I look at it in comparison with other things, I'm like, this is just really... Just bad. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Linda. I'm with. You. I want to mean it's not in my bottom five, but I'm with you. Well, I kind of, I haven't, se- I haven't actually seen that many films this year on my list. There's some shit that's just not even worth talking about. So, if that's in your bottom five, then yeah, I remember it. You've I seen it. You've had a pretty good year. Ended by it now. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, carry on. Okay, what's Dave, next? what's your fifth worst? Dave, uh, my no one will have heard of half of my worst films. Um, my fifth worst film was Dead Mine. Uh, it's not been released to be honest. I saw it in Cannes. It's like a, a Indonesian action movie, and it was just a bit dull, and the performances were shit. And I don't want to no say anything ever more heard about it. it. Oh, no, <laughs> I, like Linz, in a way, there's some films like I had Wrath of the Titans on there, but I ended up taking it out because it's like that's obviously shit. It's obviously really shit. What's the point in talking about it? So I'm going to talk about five. Films rather than movies that are my worst. My number five is a film called Chronicle, which hey. um, it should be good. It's a great concept. It's a superhero. It's like a making, you know, like a f- sorry found footage of kids who turn into superheroes. That's a fucking great concept. The problem is, is that the writing and direction are fucking piss poor. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, it was so good it- fun, but it didn't really work. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. Yeah, the concept is brilliant. It is a little bit like Akira, to be honest. Um, and it would it just how contrived the found footage was was wound me up 
beyond belief. It could have been a really, really, really good film, but yes. it was just a bit... Absolutely, absolutely. And it's just a, the biggest missed opportunity of the year for me, that, that film. Um, yeah. I've got a feeling my number five is not going to be talked about yet. My fifth worst summer worst list, however you want to put it, is Ruby Sparks. Oh, really? Yeah, don't talk yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I thought that. Okay. Yeah. Right, Lindsay, what's your number four? Uh, Hobbit. I think I did that though I think I expected it to be good and it made the bottom list because it, I, I put it on a pedestal and then I shot it down I reckon your bottom five are going to be most people's top five <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I like it Hobbit, some people like the Hobbit I guess yeah. none of us did fair enough okay my number four it might be in Lindsay's list um, it might be in your top list though I can never decide my, my number four is Iron Sky oh it's in my top list <laughs> oh you're fucking joking <laughs> so no, you talk about it in a negative way it then did Dave, exactly then... what I wanted it to do which was just to be a no, fucking it's... shit movie about it's, Nazis and it's space. like we've had like a special Downs guest on for the day <laughs> well, no, like, what I wanted it was the same with the first Transformers I wanted giant fighting robots I got giant fighting robots I wanted oh, Nazis in space I got no, Nazis in space but I didn't get it for me it wasn't quite as silly as it should have been it tried to be good and it wasn't it was for me, it tried to be funny too it's much. Good, it tried way it? too hard to be funny. L- Lindsay, you, when we do the top ten, yeah, you, you can up. say your. <laughs> no, for me, it tried too hard to be funny, and the script couldn't pull it off. It just the gags were just so lame. It was just like, oh god, really? I mean, to be honest, it was better than I expected it to be because everyone slagged it off so much. But still, it was like, no, I just, uh, it was just a bit there. And for me, it tried too hard. I was the opposite. It wasn't silly enough. The concept is silly, but we already know the concept. The actual what was going on on screen wasn't silly enough for me. It was just like, it was just bollocks. No, hate it. My number four is Laura's number five, and that's Ruby Sparks. <laughs> um, again, reasonable concept. It's about, it's only because it's quite a little bit like a play that I wrote. Um, <laughs> it's about this um, writer who sort of, writes this girl and she becomes real and he has this relationship with this girl and he can rewrite her and make her do whatever he wants um just a reasonably interesting concept again just a fucking awful script and um, really bad the really unlikable characters both of them um really badly i mean she's a writer i find out she's um elia kazan's daughter <laughs> really? zoe kazan she wrote it and she's the main she's the star in it she's just not good enough she She's a dream girl. He wrote this perfect girl and she's not attractive. She's not charismatic. She's not intelligent. She's irritating. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. Don't work. Don't work. Um, (laughs) So it's just... And and in him, he's just a a repulsive character. So it's like, I hate them both. The story... And the thing is, they don't use it. They don't use the concept of being able to write this character and change who they are. They don't use it. They have one sequence and... They just resort to archetypes. So she's miserable and clingy, and then the next minute doesn't give a shit. There's no subtlety or nuance to the to any of it. It's bollocks. <laughs> you, you had it as number five. You get anything to add to that, Laura? <laughs> um, you said pretty much everything again. Um, yeah, I think for me, this one, the, there are ones in my top five that are just absolutely just appalling films. But then for this one, it was more, as you said, had... Potential. Yeah, probably wasn't the worst in every respect, but it was the fact that it had potential and just didn't didn't deliver. So isn't my number four now? Yeah. So I have actually gone for Wrath of the Titans for number <laughs> four. Um, but again, not 
there's to be fair there's not a huge amount to say about it but it looks in it. a way i can't it was a while ago when i watched it and actually there were moments in it that i actually really enjoyed because they were so bad that it was kind of laughable but it's still really really bad film just really cheesy acting is appalling the main actor what's his name he's not very good i mean just bad 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 decisions and liam neeson what were you doing in it and that's it cool what's your number three lynn's um, uh, I've got two that I'm not sure. With. Okay, Born Legacy. Okay, why? Um, same same thing. My list is made up, with the exception of the worst film. My list is made up of disappointments. Okay. Like actually, I'm disappointed. But actually, the reason I thought there's bad films and then they're all disappointed. It just I wanted Born, and I got I don't even know what I don't even know what it was. Was it Bond? Was it Born? Was it um yeah the so just That's a big disappointment, like a yeah. shit. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, my number three was Cell Count. Uh, it's a film cut at a festival. What? Are you making these up? He, d- he just improvised. Well, I watch, I watch a lot. Of, I, lot, I watch a lot of trash. I don't, to be honest, I don't watch a lot of trash this year. But most of the trash I have watched has been shit. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Cell Count. It's just very dull. It's like this sort of um, medical sci-fi type thing, and it's very dull. The characters, again, it tries to be something a bit more than it is, and. Uh, the main problem as well for me was going back to what we talked about the Hobbit the characters actions aren't motivated so it's very random it's people do stupid things for no really good reason and it ends it ends it turns into a completely different movie in the last 15 minutes and then doesn't end satisfying it ends on like almost a sequel sort of um, promise which coming from a real low budget film that no one's going to watch is like don't end it like that end it properly because you're not going to get a sequel and it was just <laughs> it was just shit I just it bored the shit out of me fair enough okay. my, my number three is Cosmopolis oh I never saw it is that in yours list? I love no. the book but, okay. but I, to be fair the reason it isn't is because I fell asleep through a majority of that film so I didn't think it was fair to put it in my top in my bottom <laughs> although that is that is a review film. in itself to be honest I know but I can't make a true judgment on it anyway carry yeah on. but for, um, I think what she's saying is you falling asleep says everything needs to be said no I know but oh. you can't make a true judgment yeah no well, so she's only messing about fucking hell <laughs> um, yeah Cosmopolis what can I say it's just it's just this is atrociously bad I cannot believe that some people are really loving this loads of people love this film the again just the two things the acting and the writing are so bad I just don't know how like having read the book I don't know how it becomes a film that has any any value like as a book it's it's a very specific medium on film it would just be like so what yeah it's awful it's just that dickhead what's his name Robert Pattinson Robert Pattinson in the car and loads of people come and he just has these boring conversations in the most stilted, awful performance. So no, it's it's purposeful. It's supposed to be cold and detached because it's in the future and no oh, one's got an emotion and no one connects. Po- yeah, problem is, it just sounds shit. It's, it feels like non-acting rather than sort of being detached and cold and distant. It's just awful performance. But the dialogue doesn't help. The script is so wooden, so false, so bad, so stilted. And what they're saying is utter bollocks. So it's not performed very well. The dialogue's badly written, and there's no meat to it. There's n- they're not saying anything. It, it, it hints at being interesting towards the end when 
The idea was that he's just like this billionaire rich kid. He's lost loads of money, but he's got to the point where he's stopped giving a shit. Like, what's the point in having all this money? And at the end, he sort of begins to sort of like not not care and be willing to do things that he wouldn't be willing to do. He gets interested in for about two minutes. And it's like, if the whole film was about this billionaire rich kid who had been fed up with the world and being a rich kid and not connecting with anyone and going ape shit on the world, that would be brilliant. <laughs> but it isn't. It's just dull conversations with dull people. Right. <laughs> Laura? Laura's My said. number three, Hemingway and Gellhorn. What the fuck? Never heard of it. It was, the, it was a, I saw it at Cannes, it was um, Naomi. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Naomi. Oh. And Clive Owen. Um, it's about, oh. um, it's about a relationship that um, Hemingway, the writer, had with this woman. Um, I've kind of pushed it out of my brain a little bit but it was just and we went to the premiere and it was really exciting so we should have been absolutely pumped for it but it was one of the most boring films I've seen ever let alone this year and I've seen another really boring film this year (laughs) but you know it's just there's not really much to say about it it was the, the um Nicole Kidman is bad she can't pull off a lead I'm sorry she just can't pull it off and and it was just very, boring very scene after boring scene after boring scene. It was just you dull. About that later, it was just right? dull. No, that was last year. And there was loads Beautiful. of stuff in it that didn't work in it. Like the, there was loads of war, the, the war footage type thing that I can't even remember quite how they did it now. But it was just awful. Anyway, just didn't like it. Yeah. Lindsay, number two. Uh, Dark Shadows. For oh, reasons that I probably okay. haven't seen. I would guess people would share. Again, disappointing. I could see the eyeliner on Helen Bonnencart's face. I just. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be the worst film ever, then. <laughs> well, no, but it was just it was it was supposed to be some kind of like nice little bit of fantasy, and what it turned into was some kind of Tim Burton wank. He may as well have just put, put his old scripts in a jar and just drawn out bits <laughs> of script did. to make the film, and then made someone a vampire just because he could. He was like, whatever. Fair enough. And I find Eva Green really irritating. Cool. Well, my second worst film of the year was The Victim. This is Michael the Bain. Victim. Yeah, Michael Bain, his directorial debut. What? Oh, I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago yeah. about The Victim. That's all I was listening to. You listened to bits of. Yeah. That yeah. guy said he's going to oh, right. everyone. Uh, but right. basically, it's, um, yeah, it's Michael Bain. He's a cult, cult, cult sort of favourite actor um, in loads of James Cameron movies and stuff like that. So, to be honest, I was kind of intrigued and... I think the main problem I had with this was the way it was marketed. It was marketed like a grindhouse film, and and it was marketed as a bit of trash, sort of fun. I was like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll go with that, and and I was intrigued as it was Michael Bain's uh, debut. Although he has actually directed one film before, but he doesn't he doesn't like to say that it's his debut because he didn't um, he didn't have a lot of say in it. The producers forced loads of things. I think it was co-directed anyway. But anyway, uh, but the film is actually. It, again, this is always the problem with my least favourite films of the year. It tries to actually be more of like a a, a sort of low-key character piece about uh, this this guy who's living in the woods and this woman uh, is running away from these killers and uh, and hides with him. And, and there's a bit of a sort of thriller thing going on with, with him and her and these guys that are chasing after her. Um, but it's a fucking low-budget film with a bad script, so it just can't... It, and it's just... It just can't pull it off. The acting's shit, and it, it's just it's just really again really dull and really flat, and just doesn't work. And it's just so disappointing, especially when it's marked as oh yeah, fun excitement. Yeah, you're gonna get to see fights and explosions and all that shit. It's like no, it's really dull. There's lots of random unnecessary sex in it, 
but nothing else. It's just the boring. He was making out as if it was a fucking masterpiece, and that he was just this amazing writer, and he, oh, he, he no. writes. He said he, he said that he writes everything he's in. He always rewrites it, all his lines oh. and stuff, and he makes out as if he's some kind of fucking genius and. Yeah, I saw the making of with the DVD, and it, yeah, they are making yeah. it out like they're making the greatest film ever made, but it's really bad. It's no, it's awful. Yeah. And he sounds like a cock as well, like the way yeah. he treats people and speaks to people as a director, and that he was admitting that he tells people that he doesn't want to know their fucking opinions and they should yeah. just shut up, and yeah. he just sounds like a cock. Yeah, unfortunately, because because he is he is like like I say a bit of a cult favorite, and he's in a lot of good films and things, but no, he stay in front of the camera. And not in lead roles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Okay, my number two is a film called Post Tenebrous Looks. Yeah, don't talk about that right now. <laughs> is that your number one? Okay, I'm guessing your number two is so my number one. So we're not going to talk about what... Um, what's your number next, two? My number two is sightseeing. Yeah, don't talk about that. <laughs> really? Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. So does that mean I know, it's my number fact, one? I know, in fact, it's on someone else's top... Not, not in there, it's not my top ten. But it, and one of our other writers has that in their top ten list. I'm going to abuse I the fuck had, out I of I had him. good things about it, but I've not seen it. A lot of people love it. I thought it was all right. Fucking idiots love it. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody know anybody with a brain who loves it? Yeah, yeah. I know some PhD yeah. who loves it. James love it. No, no. no. Okay, Linz? Uh, my worst film, as like, it's not a big reveal to anybody, is American Pie The Reunion, because <laughs> it was American Pie The Reunion. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was terrible. As I, you it to be. I, I, I reckon I your bottom five were all the films Jay wanted to go and watch. Enraged and left, bored to tears and enraged. Fair yeah. enough. I may as well have just set fire to my five pound. Awesome. <laughs> I thought you were going to say to your face then. No, no, oh, no. I'm, I'm going to set fire to anyone's face. It's the fucking kid that plays Stifler. That man is, ugh. or whoever wrote that character, because their face needs to be set fire to. It's just, <laughs> ugh. Makes me, ugh, makes me dry heave just thinking about it. Ugh. Cool. Yeah. Well, my worst film of all, all time? No. Time, time <laughs> of this ever. year. Let's not go that far. It's not Rollblazer. Have we heard of it? Not uh, you probably won't have heard of it. It's, a, it's <laughs> Randy Couture, the wrestler. It's, it's one of his um, action movies he's brought out called Hijacked. And it, it's just shit. It's just... There's not enough action in it. It's more of like... A, it's one of these thrillers... It's basically like an uh, executive decision or sort of like... It's basically sort of like a hijacked train, a airplane sort of situation and Randy Couture happens to be on the plane and he needs to take out the bad guys and it's just fucking boring and bollocks and... Oh, yeah. Again, it was trying to be a bit classier than it was um, and it was just it was just really dull and uninspiring. But yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. But my number Aww. one is Laura's number two. My number one is Sightseers. Um, <clears throat> British film by um, Ben Wheatley. Um, why is it the worst film? It's, it's a film that angered me the most while watching it. That's why it's my bottom. It's not the worst film. It's not as boring as my number two, Look, Tennis Lee, fucking Look, whatever, which is what Laura's going to talk about. It's not as badly made as Wrath of the Titans or anything. It's, you know... It's not as badly performed as most of the other stuff on the bottom five. It's just as a whole. It's just... I think, actually, I'm going to be honest. The reason it's the, the worst film ever is because everybody else loves it. Yeah. it because it's got... Because it's, it's similar to Lord of the Rings, in a sense. If every, I went to watch um, Sight Season Cannes, like the first screening ever, I think it was. And it didn't get a massive reception. It didn't get loads of laughs. But it got a bit. I was surprised it even got a bit. And I just thought, the comedy is awful. I didn't like. I, I didn't find it funny, and I fucking hate the characters. I thought the script was atrocious. There was no cohesion to it. It made no sense from a character's sort of motivational point of view. I thought it looked 
cheap. I thought it just felt. I'm, it felt like a sixteen-year-old made it with his fucking iPhone on every level in terms of everything about it. I just thought this is awful. And if when it came out, everyone went, "Yeah, that is awful." I don't care. I'd be like, "Yeah, fair enough." And I'd forget about it, and it wouldn't be in my bottom five because it would be a non-existent film like *Wrath of the Titans*. I wouldn't even consider it. But the fact that it's been well reviewed and everybody is, and it's been, oh, it's all for best British film at the Baftas and. And a lot of people, I know a lot of people who hate it, but a lot of people are saying it's absolutely brilliant. It has to be my worst film because it's like, it's not even fucking close to being good. Never mind the top of any any list or deserving of any award. It is atrocious on every single level. I will say, if you can tap into the humour, then you'll probably find it quite funny. But you also can't be my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my, um, just, to, just to talk about that just for a second because it is my number two my problem my biggest problem with it is it's supposed to be a kind of a funny film it's kind of dark humour and throughout the entire film I was just cringing at how bad the humour was like I couldn't quite believe that actually there were a few titters at the humour I was like this is just awful what are people laughing at so that was the biggest thing for me um, number one my number one post Tenebrous Looks is that yeah, yeah. now it's going to be quite difficult for me to tell you why I didn't like this film. Because I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on in this film. I had no idea from start to finish what story I was supposed to be following, um, why I was supposed to care about the characters, what the characters were doing, what they were doing, why we were going from one minute they were in their house having tea to the next minute they were in some sort of porn video. I just didn't get any of it. The only good thing about it was someone... I'm going to say it, someone pulling their head off at the end. Because <laughs> that, was that amazing. is how it made <laughs> pulling us Pulling their own head off. It was bloody ridiculous. And I... I, I the devil's in it. A CG awesome. devil, really bad CG animated devil. The opening is just of some kid for like about... Tw- what felt like about two hours just in a field with some goats or something and it starts to rain and she's just running around and she's like, what the fuck am I watching? I've got no idea. I would have rather have watched the dwarves sing for two hours at me. <laughs> That's how bad this film was. That bit at the end, yeah. He, there's this guy just randomly in the same field, actually. He just pulls his head off. <laughs> it's mental. It is awful. If you think The Hobbit is dull, try watching this film, Linz. Okay. Um, I'm, uh, you're not convincing me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, you will never, ever, ever see this film. Uh, yeah, you never know. It might crop up. Uh, Jay has terrible film taste, so it might crop up on Virgin, and they'll be like, oh, "Let's watch this." No, it's like, not actually. It's, it's, no. it's some random. It's Mexican art house pretentious it, bullshit yeah. crap. Oh, then he went. Has he got Nicolas Cage in? <laughs> is it, is it <laughs> what? Want to watch no. it. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> in all the art house films. <laughs> he's got the Mexican. Sometimes Nick I try Cage. and convince him that Nicolas Cage is in films. He's not just because I want to see him. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we go for our biggest surprise very quickly or disappointment or whatever you want to word it I don't have a big surprise uh, disappointment to be honest I think in our worst films most people seem to have gone for disappointments but I- I'll say it because no one's mentioned it I mean The Hobbit was one of my biggest t- disappointments but the- my other disappointment was Prometheus I was ex- I-, I was so excited about that film it looked awesome but it was just a bit of a Prometheus mess. is more disappointing than The Hobbit no, no, but we've already talked about The Hobbit. I think, oh, okay. to be honest, The Hobbit was probably more disappointing. But I think I preferred The Hobbit <gasps> than, Lord, than Prometheus. Prometheus, Ooh. I don't know, it was just, it, it angered me Prometheus more than quite a lot. positives. It did have some great scenes in, but Hobbit so didn't. did The Hobbit. Both of them had great scenes in. But um, I think I think the Prometheus I think Prometheus just pissed me off a bit more. I think it's I think I... I, uh, I maybe, reckon maybe, you watch it again, it'll, you'll prefer it. Yeah, probably. I, I think, to be honest, I guess 
The Hobbit, I when I went to watch it, I wasn't I didn't actually have high hopes for it. So calling it my biggest disappointment's probably mm. not true because I'd heard a lot of people slag it off. Whereas Prometheus well, to be honest, some of the reviews have been a bit weak for Prometheus, but I just loved what I've seen of it so far, the trailers and stuff. I just thought it looked awesome. Yeah. Um and it no, I just I didn't hate again, I didn't hate the film. It's, it's not in my bottom list at all, but um it's just disappointing. Really disappointing. It's just such a mess and some of it was so badly written and it was just stupid. I found it a bit stupid. Um, yeah, it annoyed me. Fair enough. Me. I loved Prometheus. Um, Linz? Uh, well, yeah, Prometheus is is in my good list with the caveat that it was a disappointment, but I recognise I, I did that. I, I'm in your position, Dave, where I look forward to it so much, it looks so good, and then it just didn't deliver. Mm. Um, but actually, one of the biggest disappointments is probably Skyfall. Okay, like, yeah, good one. Yeah. I, just, I felt a bit that... Like I, it was a, it's a similar thing when you sit in a, a cinema and you enjoy a film, and then afterwards you're like, "But I don't like I don't really know what they're going to do with him now. Like I, they're not if they're killing off the Craig Bond because I don't see where he can go." Mm. And it was just a bit kind of it tried really hard to be a bit different, but then it just fell back on loads of really predictable ideas. And it was just like pick a, just pick a film and yeah. be that. It was going for the you. middle ground too much. It was like, yeah, we'll it have a bit of Bond often, style and, and Bond. And without Javier we'll Bardem, yeah. that film would have probably been on the bad list. Um, because I thought he he carried that film a lot further than it deserved to go. Yeah, and My, the visuals as well. It, it was shot amazingly well. Mm. My well, disappointment. Yeah. You reminded me of Dark Knight Rises. Actually, that was a massive disappointment. But because mm. I'm not a massive fan of Nolan's Batman, it wasn't a mega disappointment. All of them have been disappointing to me. Um, so my biggest disappointment is probably The Master, which, you know, I love Paul Thomas Anderson. It was getting incredible buzz. It's kind of died down a bit, actually. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really, dis- really kind of bad, in a way. I actually do think it's it's bad, but it, technically it's fantastic, so it's difficult. It's an, it's an odd one. But as a film, if you want to take away the direction, take away the performance, and take away, you know, it's class, it's pure class, but it's just pretty shit. It's just very boring. Um, so that's my biggest disappointment. Laura? Yeah, I haven't really got one particularly that I would say was definitely a big disappointment. I think I do like Nolan's Batman, so th- that was a bit of a disappointment for me. But actually, weirdly, and it's probably because I've just seen it, The Life of Pi was a bit disappointing for me because I loved the book so much and was expecting big things of it and didn't get, didn't quite deliver for me. Fair enough. Okay, so let's get onto a bit more positive things. Let's go to our top tens. Let's try and motor through this. Remember, if... Did you know your top ten yet, Linz? Yeah, 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 yeah. You've bullied me into it, but I can, I can do this. I can do this. I'm strong enough. In the order. Do you know the order? Yes. Okay, good, good. Should I start with the tenth best film? And we've already talked about it. Uh, on, ten on my list is Iron Sky. For what, exactly what I said before. Why? It's not the tenth best film I've seen this year. There's better films I've seen this year. But I wanted to put it on my good list because I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a fucking brilliant time. It was It was ridiculous and... It was nice to see shit films like that, that, you know, along the lines of Giant Shark versus Killer Turtle. And there was one about the Abominable Snowman we watched the other day on Sci-Fi. And I like them, and they're good fun, and it was nice to see one in the cinema. It's a fucking terrible film. I, I, I watched one of those... Uh, I watched Arachno-Quake this year, Ooh, which is in one the of cinema. these sort of... No, not the cinema, but it, that was one of these trashy sort of B-movies. But for me, that was what it should have been. That was actually a lot of fun because it yeah. just it, it it knew what it was and it stuck to it and it did it very well. It was it told a sort of stuck, shot through the story. It's got lots of set pieces. It's very silly. It's 
ends with the ridiculous climax of the guy dressed in a, one of those old-fashioned scuba suits and going in, getting eaten by a giant spider. It's, it's awesome. something like that was great fun. But for me, Iron Sky just tried to be yeah, classy and failed. Oh, and Dave, what's your um, uh, number my... 10? 10 best film of the year? Uh, my 10th best film of the year is Beast of the Southern Wild. It's Don't chat about that. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> no um, Now, me. Oh, all right. You can't see the arrangement we're sat in. <laughs> um, my 10th best film this year was The Impossible. No, don't talk about that. Woo! <laughs> okay, my 10th best film this year, I don't think this will be on anyone else's list, was The Cabin in the Woods. Has anyone got that? Okay, no, no, not my no. top 10. I, I enjoyed it, but that. it's not that much. It was, you know what? I think partly it was probably because where we went to see it, because we went to see it at a cabin in the woods, pretty <laughs> yeah. much, and the like, the director was there, and, it, and yeah. I think that added to the whole experience. And I, I am about, uh, I am kind of about finding an experience in film watching as well. But the, it was just uh, at the beginning, it wasn't it wasn't like most, say the majority of the film didn't quite work, but the, the ending was just so good. Actually, I just enjoyed it yeah. so much that that's kind of what pushed it in I'm there. I'm quite surprised for that because you're usually not into your violence and that's insanely but violent. But it's so ridiculous. That's what, yeah. that's what I loved about it. And that, in, in a way, for me, worked so well because I don't like it. So when you go so over the top, yeah. you can kind of cope with it because I know it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it and enjoyed the whole experience of watching that film. So that's probably why it's in there. Um, I, was the, I was the same. I, I, I enjoyed the film. But, but, but I think for me, it's one of those films... Because because the ending was so good, again, I loved the ending. When I walked out of the cinema, I was like, that, that film was awesome. And again, the experience, I always love hearing from the filmmakers. That's why the, I quite like going to these festivals and things. But um, but I think the more I think about it, the more I remember the first half thinking, actually, I really didn't like the first half very much. I think so, partly as well, the fact that I used to watch, because the humour a lot, like, I know that Darren didn't like the humour. Yeah, I didn't like It reminded the me a lot of Buffy, and I used to watch a lot of Buffy when I was a kid. So it was kind of almost like... Um, reminiscence for me yeah. of like those times and I would watch Buffy and I loved it yeah same as you two I hated with a passion the first hour but the last half an hour is well worth it well worth watching um, Dave we'll jump to you for number nine isn't it Lindsay yeah I know but I just thought we'll take it in oh, okay, mix it up uh, what's my list oh number nine was Shadow Dancer wait I'll oh, talk about okay. that a little bit later I'll talk about any of my films <laughs> uh, my number nine <laughs> is The Avengers Oh, no. Don't talk about that one. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, I've got two numbers next to Avengers. Uh Uh-oh. My system's fucked. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Right, my number nine is Amor. Amor. No? I haven't seen it. (laughs) Okay. I haven't seen it. Um, Yeah, it's... Do you know what? The reason reason, um, it's not higher up is because it doesn't for me doesn't work as a feature film like it's actually it's just a bit too long and it drags out the themes too much but the just some moments in it that I just thought were absolutely beautiful and um someone remind me of the director's name Michael Haneke and the idea that he's supposed to disconnect you from the action so it's kind of like le- less emotion emotional is that right am I getting this right yeah well you just tell us what you got no, from that, well that's no but that, that's kind of his process like he tries to disconnect you from the emotion but I actually felt that some of the ways that he <laughs> some of the ways he tried to do that some of the techniques that he used like using quite like physical struggles between the characters and stuff actually touched me much more than if you'd had a really heavy emotional scene just seeing them struggle seeing this man struggle with his wife and the physical sense of like someone who's you know who is um, going you know through dementia and then he has to kind of 
help her out in all these physical ways. That for me was actually I did feel quite touched. But that's by not it. an alienating technique. That's not one of the things. That's not part of his director was, style. Okay, well that's but that that is a touching seeing the struggle. But that's not what he does. That's okay. not what. Well, either way, I yeah. found it much more touching than I think it was supposed to be, and yeah. that's why I kind of liked it. But I don't know necessarily that that's what the director was trying to do. But anyway. I am. Um, that's your number nine. That's my nine. Okay, so I'll go for my number eight. I didn't do my number yeah, one. Really <laughs> you miss right. me out. You don't like me. Um, <laughs> killing them softly. <laughs> yeah, why I know. You, high, I remember you not really? liking this, Darren. Oh, this uh, is yeah, so no. surprising. Go on then, Lynn. Tell I have us why. Memories of it, um, and I'm not sure why, but when I kind of wrote a list of all the ones I've seen. <laughs> It just went straight on my good list. I, I tell you what, I'll, shall I speak for you? Because I remember what you said about it. Okay. Can you not remember what you said about it? I convey, I remember finding the kind of the mood of the film and the plot of the film. And I remember finding James, what's his face from Mem Sopranos, very, very good. Yeah, and you um, like and Brad and I quite Pitt. quite like the slowness and the moodiness of it. Yeah, you just, yeah, but you, you didn't have as much of a problem with the kind of really enforced sort of modern sort of news angle on it the sort of oh, you see, economic... yeah, it didn't stick to me it didn't jar with me yeah whereas exactly I think so you noticed it and then it just and... stuck with you for the rest of the film it was um yeah i have a kind of a, a positive imprint from it Good. and yeah, i remember thinking yeah. that it was just a, a kind of an enjoyable way to spend an afternoon if you if watching people be murdered is an enjoyable way <laughs> to spend an afternoon Fair enough. It, felt, it did feel like two episodes of a tv program but that didn't bother me Okay, my number eight is guaranteed to not be on anybody else's list. Or maybe, actually, it might be on Laura's. Holy Motors. Do you know what? That just slipped off the edge. That's off your top ten. Okay, Holy Motors. Oh, as if that didn't get nominated for any Oscars. Mm. It's it's too weird for Oscars. Um, Holy Motors, I mean, very odd film. Really odd. I mean, we're not reviewing it, are we? We're just talking about why we like it. I really liked it because um, I just love the performance of it. I love the kind of, the, the, the kind of, I love the story in a, in, a, in a way about this kind of guy turning into many different characters. I love the, it's not just get really wanky about it, but I love the sort of meta text of it all. I love the idea of kind of people playing roles in different scenarios and the kind of link towards being an actor. Um, I loved all that bullshit because obviously kind of you know um for me i need i wish it had more of a connected story it's just a bit random but um but saying that it was you, no one would have seen anything like this you probably won't see anything like this and it's just very unique very yeah just a really great film funny kind of shocking brilliant amazingly performed so yeah loved it exactly uh, where are we? Number eight. Okay. And my number eight the, 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 is Prometheus. What? <laughs> no one else got it. It's on Lindsay's. Is it on Lindsay's? When, I thought we, we keep your... changing the order. Oh, in the list. It's not in my... Oh. Is that in your list, Linz? It is, yeah. Is it at number eight or... I no, thought you didn't like not. Prometheus. I am. Me? No, Laura. Uh, Lindsay. Yeah. You thought I didn't like your it? No, this is really yeah. bizarre. And I thought you didn't like it. Okay, okay can we anyway, move on? Anyway. So, if, if it's higher in your list, Linz, then we'll leave it for now. Okay, so... Yeah. So, Lindsay, what's your number eight? Uh, Rampart. What? It was um, Woody Harrelson, dirty oh, cop yeah. type. It was, um, yeah, somebody else I know saw it, somebody that I worked with saw it and really hated it, but um, it was just a really good character study. Like, he's just a, a, a fucked up cop who does fucked up things, and he's just at that point of getting caught. And I think, if I remember rightly, Sigourney Weaver's the woman that wants to take him down. But it doesn't kind of fall into the old kind of familiar 
kind of cop cliches. He's actually a fucking horrid person and he treats everybody in his life really horrifically. And you want him to get caught, but he's a smug bastard who never does. And it's just, it's just Woody Harrelson, as he gets older and, and grimier, he crops up and you just, I just like watching him. I really enjoyed it. Good, cool. good. Um, right, my number eight was The Innkeepers, um, which was Ty West's latest uh, horror movie. Uh, I loved this. I liked this a lot. I liked his previous film, House of the Devil, um, but I didn't love it because I didn't like the way it ended as finale. But um, again, this is a real slow burn, old fashioned sort of ghost story horror movie. Um, but what it's got, what uh, the innkeeper's got over House of the Devil is it's got more sort of heart to it and a bit more comedy. It's got um, it's basically about these sort of two uh, sort of losers who are looking after this hotel which is about to close down or well an inn I guess. And um, and and yeah, so their relationship's quite nice. It's uh, it's it's got this sort of light-hearted edge to it, but at the same time, it's still pretty tense. It's not the scariest film I've ever seen, but still very tense, <coughs> very enjoyable, really classily made, and just a real solid horror movie. The best horror movie I've seen this year, although yeah, easily. <laughs> cool. So, Laura, do you want to tell us your number seven? Number seven, The Imposter. Is that on anyone's list? Yeah, it's my number seven. Ah, okay. Should we talk about it now or when we come back round to you? No, let's both talk about it now. Um, yeah. I'd, it, it, weirdly, it was one that I'd um, forgotten about, almost forgotten about, and then saw it and was like, oh, no, I really love that film. Um, yeah, I think the main thing that I loved about it actually was the story itself was just pretty incredible. And it... And then obviously the way that presented was just, you know, really drew you in. Really, really well-made documentary, um, incredible story to tell and just presented it in a great way. I'm sure you've got more to add. Well, no, I think this is the same thing, really. Amazing, you know, yeah, amazing story, brilliantly told sort of thing. Really simple. Quite a unique take on the sort of editing, actually, um, of the film. The way it sort of presents the stories and edits it it together is is really nice. Um, But yeah, good. Um, Lindsay, what's your number seven? Uh, Prometheus. Okay, yeah, bring it on. It was kind of just—it was just very disappointing. Um, but <laughs> why is it so high? <laughs> Have you finish. only seen fifteen films this year? <laughs> no, no, I, I haven't. My list isn't like of actual cinema releases isn't that long. But I kind of—I feel like uh, my reaction to it at the time was about how I felt about it. But actually, I recognised that if I, I should watch it again, and that it is actually a good film it's just not the film i wanted it to be um yeah. so i kind of don't want to kind of put it in the, the the bad list and i yeah it's kind of the same with iron sky it's not a good film it just i feel like it deserves a little bit of it i'm not sure, sure but i i, I, I want to watch it again and it's kind of where it ended up fair enough Do you know um, what I mean? does that make sense this like is your number eight films that i've seen this year that's kind of where it sits best and so Laura eh, that doesn't make that's it. not in any way justified but I kind of yeah the more I think about it the more I think there were things in it that if I sit and watch it properly without any kind of preconception <laughs> then I'll probably quite enjoy it whereas, there's loads you know, in it Lindsay I bet you any money I don't want to watch that again that was shit do you know so, what I mean I want to yeah. watch it again which means there must have been something in it that made me think yeah exactly there's, yeah exactly there's a lot to it it's thematically quite dense and I think that yeah. needs applaud it's good on you um, Laura is your number eight what do you think number seven no, it's Laura's number eight. Because Prometheus. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, I just, yeah, I just thought it was a, just a really interesting film. There was a lot, the, the, there was actually quite a lot in it that um, to think about, actually. And I really enjoyed 
I just really enjoyed the action in it as well. Like I just thought that it's been a while since I watched it, so I'm trying to string together exactly what I liked about it. But it just, you know, I just, I just remember going to the cinema and being completely engrossed by it, and couldn't quite believe when people came out and said they hadn't enjoyed it. I was like, but it was, it was there was a lot of depth to it, with alongside a lot of action. I thought it looked really beautiful. The character, you know, some of the, yeah, the casting was the thing that wasn't great about it, but you know, the characters were great. So I just thought, you know. I just thought it was a great film. Yeah, I think it's a great film that lacks class. I think that's its problem. It's a bit clumsy in the writing and directing, like that bit where they're running away from the wheel and it's like, went yeah. to the side. So it's a bit clumsy in the direction of the writing, especially the performances. But I think, it's, I think it's got a lot of great stuff to it, really good stuff. Yeah. And I loved all the alien f- references. <laughs> also, you've got to love a film where someone performs their own abortion. I mean, brilliant. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Lindsay, what? No, we've just done your number seven. That was my number Dave, seven. Dave, what yeah. is your number seven? Dave, my number seven is Life of Pi, which we've talked about already, so I won't go into that. I just really enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> okay, um, Linz, we're back to you. Oh, no, that... you do not. You haven't done seven. I did. Mine was Holy Moses. It's the same as Laura's. Oh, um, okay. No, so, my was six then, isn't it? Uh, number six on my list yeah. is. I can't even read my own writing anymore. Um, the Raid. Okay. Oh, don't talk about that one. Yeah, I thought that might be higher on your list, Dave. But um, yeah, okay, carry on. What were we on? Six. 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 Um, my number six was Barbarian Sound Studio, which I just watched the other week. Um, this was uh, an amazing experience. It's it's a very odd film. There's not much plot to it. I can see it's the sort of film that's quite divisive. Some people won't like it at all. It's, um, well, I like it. It looks amazing. It, it is. I don't know, actually, because there's not a lot to it. I don't know. It reminded me a lot of, although at the same time, it reminded me a lot of David Lynch, especially sort of the ending. I don't know how, are you a Mulholland Drive fan? I love Mulholland Drive with so much passion. It reminded me a little bit of that. You, you might quite like it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a funny one. But it, it is one of these films that really plays on mood and style and stuff, and it is gorgeous. And But what's best about it is... That is the sound design because uh, that's the point of it. Isn't that's it? the whole point of it. I mean, the idea of the story is is that um, Toby Jones is the sound designer um, who's brought on to work on a, a giallo film, like a, an Italian sort of horror film, and and he's he's this guy from uh, um, from England. I can't remember where it is now. Some some sort of random rural place in the UK, and he comes to Italy, and he's sort of there's a fish out of water thing going on, but really it's a, it's it's really sort of a love letter to the sort of surreal nature of sound design so a lot of the film is like you'll see toby jones and these other very creepy sort of um uh, foley artists doing foley to this fucked up italian film that they're doing and what's quite cool in the film is that you you never see the film that they're doing the sound to all you hear is this um, anonymous voice uh, well not anonymous he's got a name but you don't see him um but you hear this voice describing the scene that they're doing the foley for and so the scene's like um, um scene 16 ripping the hair out of the witches who are boiling in oil. And then you'll see Toby Jones, you'll hear, you'll, there'll be the flicker of the screen, you'll see Toby Jones ripping the heads off radishes and stuff. Um, but, but you can hear the rest of the soundtrack, the dialogue and the music, and, and you realise it's really disturbing, it's quite really creepy. And you, but you can't see anything, you don't see any violence, any blood, you're just seeing people pull vegetables apart and it's like, oh, it's really disturbing. But then there's a whole other level to it in terms of the film's got like this sort of cyclical structure um, and everything's, again, it, it's, it's about sort of um, 
Toby Jones uh, being a bit lost in this other country. But you also don't ruin being, it, though, Dave. But yeah, you're getting lost <laughs> yeah. in the film. I don't want to ruin it. You've but, reviewed it. But yeah, it's because uh, we hadn't talked about it before. I thought yeah. I'd bring it up because I just saw it on Blu-ray the other day. Um, Still got it. Yes, but it's 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 <laughs> it's, 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 it's I I loved it. It's um it's just an amazing experience and technical, absolutely technically astounding. Like uh, technically. Uh, in terms of the look and the sound. It's technically it. astounding, technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my number six is Shadow Dancer. Cool. Um, so this is on Dave's list yeah, earlier. Like uh, yeah, I mean, Shadow Dancer, almost f- sort of flawless filmmaking, perfectly judged sort of mood. Um, I just found it fantastic. I thought, you know, the kind of story is amazing. I thought the tension was fantastic. Performances were amazing. I, I mean, I loved it. I love it. I love not being able to slag a film off in any way. I love it when a film is sort of so well made that I kind of I kind of admire it on that level, but also it, even within itself, it just really gripped me and grabbed me. Dave, you know? Cool. Yeah, no, I agree. I think what I liked most about it was how subtle it was. It, it didn't... Uh, Everything was understated and underplayed, which is really good for a thriller. Well, not always. Sometimes you'd, you'd think that it wouldn't work for a thriller. You'd think, oh, it might be a bit dull, but um, but it really works. He really pulls it off. There's, there's not a lot of these big sort of action scenes or anything like that. Everything is done through sort of small details and sort of fed through to you quite carefully and slowly. And um, but it works really, really well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like the opposite. It was like Prometheus saying that lacked class. It's a bit clumsy. It's like the opposite of that. It's yeah. so in control. Yeah. Of everything, it's and it's kind of confident in it, and it's absolute class in that regard. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Laurie, your number six. My number six is Frank and Weenie. Uh, well, don't chat about that. <laughs> um, so, Dave, Dave, we've done number six. Here, so, what is what your number on? five? Uh, my number five was the kid with the bike. Um, so, this is the Dad and Brothers' uh, latest film. I must admit, I've not seen any of their films before. I saw this. Um, so I think what I really liked about this was I wasn't ex- I didn't know what to expect. I'd heard a lot of good reviews, um, but because they're the sort of directors, their films are always in Cannes. They're sort of Cannes lovies. They're always there. They've won- they're one of the few people who've won it twice. And um, and so I came to this expecting maybe something quite slow and a bit worthy and a bit and a bit sort of pretentious. But I, to- it just totally the other way. It's it, it's a beautiful film. It's um, what I was surprised by is how tightly sort of scripted it was and stuff because it's quite it's very naturalistic the style of their films are always quite naturalistic they use a lot of unknown actors well they have a sort of a, a team of actors they use a lot but at the same time they always introduce sort of unknown actors like this the main lead in this is is the kid with the bike it's just a kid and he's not he's not from an acting background obviously he's only i don't know 11 or whatever i can't remember how old he is um so it's got this sort of naturalism to it and and everything feels very real it's um a sort of a social drama sort of thing but at the same time it's very tightly scripted so it, it things do move along at quite a pace and there is an obvious act to it and um, it does tie up quite nicely I'm, there was one thing I mean towards the end you, you you think oh actually this is tying up too nicely and it's like oh well, don't turn cheesy on me after so much such a good start but there is like an, a bit at the end that sort of subverts that briefly and uh, so there's there's a bit of a it it threatens to get cheesy and then doesn't. So that saved it for me. I was very worried it was going to have a dodgy ending. Uh, but it's just beautiful. It's really beautifully acted, really engrossing for such a simple sort of dra- understated drama. Like we were saying with Sh- Shadow um, Dancer. Dan- Shadow Dancer. Uh, it's understated. It doesn't overplay anything. Uh, it just 
tells a sort of a, a real strong story very simply, very effectively, and very naturally, and it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Awesome. Uh, my number five is Beasts of the Southern Wild, which again hey, was a little bit earlier on yours. Um, this is one of the first films I saw at Cannes, and it ended up staying as my best film until the last day. Um, but um, Beasts of the Southern Wild, again, just a really unique take. It's sort of part social... Re- it's really weird in a sense of... It's sort of part social realism, part fantasy, and I think it melds the two really well. You know, barring... It would have been much higher if it didn't have some kind of awkward performances from some of the Yeah, the adults acting. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more they were caricatured, maybe, yeah. more than the performances. Yeah, they were yeah. just a little... Yeah, exactly. It's a bit two-dimensional. But ultimately, I just thought... It was, it was just really original and it's kind of really beautiful and it had a nice poetry to it as well, visually and sort of thematically. The music was great. And it? the music is amazing, yeah. So it's just, it was just a, a great... And again, it, it plays with these marriages of kind of, kind of socialism and fantasy, but also in terms of it's very light and kind of beautiful, but it's also very dark and sort of weighty as well. So it's, and it balances everything really well. I thought it was just a really kind of lovely film, but um, it's a little bit lower down on yours, Dave, but what did you think then? I'm sorry. Uh, to be honest, this is the same as you. I think um, it's a little bit lower down just because, as you say, it did have these flaws. But overall, I mean, I'll just repeat what you're saying pretty much. I, I just thought it was so fresh so beautiful so sort of moving and it's got some stunning sort of scenes in it it's, it's got so much energy to it and it's, it's got a real sort of joyful feeling to it. it sounds a bit cheesy but but it really does it, it's it's i don't know it really uh especially because it's all through the eyes of the uh, of the young girl who's the, the lead in it and and there are very few films that have effectively sort of shown the world to a child's eyes and this does it very well and it's sort of you you you, you feel like they do and it's uh it's, yeah it's beautiful and um it's been, been nominated for loads of oscars including best actor actress she, oh, for the little that. girl and she's like what seven years old and she's yeah. been nominated for best actor she's brilliant she carries the film totally carries the, the only film. way is down <laughs> yeah so um and it's been nominated for loads best director best film and it's a good honor it's 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 great it's really it's really nice um, number five. Number five. My number five is The Impossible. Okay. Um, well, we've chatted about it. We have chatted about it, so yeah, there's not really much you more loved to it. add. But I just, yeah. Awesome. Really um, so it's my number four, is that right? No, I haven't done five. No, oh, sorry, Liz. <laughs> it's all right. You can't see me, so I'm easy to forget about. Uh, what's my number? my number five is The Avengers. Don't talk about that yet. <laughs> Bloody okay. yeah, that's... Um, I yeah, love no, the good. Avengers. I love Should The I Avengers. Do my number I've four? got it in 3D. <laughs> cool. Um, so my number four... Not listening to me. What did you say, Linz? I said, should I do my number four? And then you went, so my number four? No, no. it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, oh, sorry, my number four is Looper. Oh, oh don't, no, talk, don't about talk about that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had the lowest. My turn. Well, I don't know what order we're going in there. Well, <laughs> I, I know that I'm probably going to talk about this. My number four is Argo. Yeah, don't talk about yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> Dave? Dave, oh, oh, hang no, on. No, Lindsay. Lindsay. Oh, it doesn't matter. What, well, well, <laughs> oh, hang on, I've messed up a madness. Bit. Okay, my number four is Dread. Dread? <laughs> Shut up. Your list is I mental. Love it. To be fair, no, Dread, yes. to be fair, Dread is, Dread, Dread, I enjoy Dread, but it's, it's yeah. You I, prefer Dread than Raid? No, I prefer Dread to Raid because, A, I, I saw Dread first, and B, the Raid got too much for me. It was too violent. I, I, I got so... Oh, Dread wasn't. <laughs> well, no, because Dread right. was a violence that I understand. I don't watch martial art movies, so the raid 
it got too much for me. I, yeah. I, it's not a me. It's not a something that I'm used to seeing happening. There's the people being just repeatedly kicked and punched and yeah. kicked and punched and kicked and punched. We'll, we'll talk about I'm the used to people being later. shot <laughs> to death, and I can handle people being shot a million times. But the kicking and punching got a bit much for me. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, if, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I guess yeah, like you say, dread. The moments of violence are more brutal, but there's not as many of them. Yeah, they're also more. They're also more, more fake. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and the whole thing had a, a, a mass. I had a very low expectation of it, and it, it was it was really really interesting to look at, and it did a few things that I didn't expect it to. And yeah, I was surprised that it ended up that high, but um, I think ah, fair I prefer, yeah. So there you go. That's my number four. Dave? My number four, I was stupid actually because uh, this was someone else's number four, but I thought um, I got confused. Is the Avengers actually is my number four? Was no, that okay. your, your no, that was, number that four? No, that was mine. Oh, lower down five. Me, okay, yeah. sorry. It was the that Avengers. Was um, yeah, I'm surprised by how high it is. I don't know. The order of these lists is difficult. All this top ten I, I liked a lot. But um, I think it really surprised me. We're always, we're always talking about expectations on this, on this podcast. But um, I, I wasn't expecting a lot from it. I, I, I'm not a fan of many of the of the sort of lead up avenger films um thor i thor was probably the best um thor was hilarious i wasn't I, even like iron man which most people liked i was like Meh, it was okay so when this came along i was like yeah yeah superhero films bore me a little bit but i i don't know i was really i enjoyed it so much i just i, I bumped it right up in my list because i've been very anal i've been keeping my list going through the whole year <laughs> um so um, it's, it's always quite high and like last year, I mean, last year my favorite film was um, Thirteen Assassins, and and last year, and that was as I said last year, mm. it was mainly because I just had a big fucking smile plastered over my face through the whole thing. I was like, this is amazing. The same here, I just watched the whole film with a big grin on my face. I felt like a kid watching Jurassic Park or something at the cinema. I was just, yeah, this is this is fun. I'll go with it. There may be some issues, some problems here and there, but fuck it. I, and I and how adorable it. was Hulk? Hulk yeah. was Hulk was just so good. Hulk was awesome. <laughs> yeah. But every, I think, I think I Hulk just, made it stand out in my head. The bit where he picks him up and just like yeah. smashes him. And to be honest, I mean, saying saying all oh, there might be some problems. To be honest, I think that's another reason why it's so high. I can't think of anything I really didn't like about it. I mean, with a lot of the other, like Dark Knight, I, I like Dark Knight more than any of you guys, but it still didn't make my top ten because there were some little glitches and it's not the greatest film in the world. Uh, and it's one of those films, like you mentioned in your when you're talking about it as a disappointment, it's one of those films when you think about it afterwards, like, actually, you can pick it apart quite a lot. The Avengers, mm. I couldn't really pick it apart that much. I mean, maybe, I'm sure there are films that have better performed, better written, but... As a piece of Hollywood entertainment, it worked exactly as I wanted it to. and Yeah, and I would watch it yeah. again and enjoy it yeah. probably nearly as much. Yeah, obviously it's on my top ten, but a bit lower down. And um, sort of similar to Dave, it was, it's there because it's probably the most enjoyable film I saw all year. Like I say, it's maybe maybe not technically the best. But this is the thing, this is how, like, how do you categorise films? Like, I was talking about The Master, and it's like... the. The direction is is beautiful. The performances are phenomenal. It, it's crafted to perfection, but it's dull as fuck. <laughs> In this film, you know, maybe it doesn't look the best. It's not acted the best. It's not written the best, but uh, it's an amazing form. It's like it's so weird, isn't it? It's like yeah. you can get bogged down in technicalities. Yeah. It's like what did you when you was watching it? What did you think? You know, and and this film, you know, made my top ten because it is it's like you said, it's fun. It's it's funny. The action's brilliant. The characters are brilliant, and it's just. It's to make just perfect entertainment, really. To be yeah. honest, um, so yeah, and I've, yeah, I got it for Christmas, 3D Blu-ray. So awesome. um, I, didn't, I didn't see it in 3D. Actually, I saw it 2D. Well, time, I ain't so. seen it in 3D, so um, I thought, fuck it. Um, good, good. That's your number four. So, Laura, what's your number three? My number three is the Hunger Games. Mm. 
Really? Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow. Just wow. missed out on my top ten. Yeah. Hold on, Lawless 3 is what, sorry? The Hunger Games. Oh, no, don't talk about that one. Bloody hell. We're not talking about that yet? No. Okay. Oh, and so, Lindsay, what's your number three? Uh, Killer Games. Joe. Oh, I okay. liked Killer what? Joe a lot. I, saw I was really surprised by this what? film, and Killer I was Joe. surprised by how much I, I really remember really just being quite astonished by it. And I think maybe that's down to seeing Matthew McConaughey do something other than just take his shirt off. Yeah. And then, and not, and then, and then exceed any kind of, um, to be genuinely terrifying. Like he was genuinely terrifying. And I think like it's completely changed my opinion of him. And I see him now and I'm like, oh, oh. He's still quite charismatic though along along with which it. Which is what makes him so terrifying. There's a there's yeah. a hint of look, watching it I thought he could pull off Patrick Bateman. Uh, do you know I, I knew you was going to say that. I tell you what actually that's <laughs> talking about the Oscar nominations that's one thing I was thinking of before if anyone deserves best actor Oscar nomination in any film this year that would be my choice to be honest thinking back. He was he's amazing in that film. He totally yeah. to be honest without him in that film it probably wouldn't be that good. Yeah. It is kind of I like how it is very odd and it's very different and that's kind of what I liked about it. But Matthew McConaughey is, is amazing. He is, he is what makes that film great. Yeah. But yeah, it's not as quite as high for me. I think it was an odd film. I didn't know what to take from it. I think some elements were just a bit silly and I didn't always buy into it. So for me, it was a bit further down. But, um, but no, I'm, I'm with you, Lindsay. I, I, think, I thought it was good. Cool. Dave, number three? Oh, number three... Uh... Number three, we've discussed it a little bit already, is The Raid. It's my number three. Yeah. Oh, God, I, I fucking love that film. It's the only... It is really good. I yeah. just got a bit much. Oh, you can't have too much action for me. It's... it's, <laughs> it's um, I've seen it twice, but it's the only film on the list I've seen twice because I saw it on DVD as well as at the cinema. And um, it probably got even better the second time. It's, it's so intense. And I think some people maybe don't like that. It's a bit too much. But for me, it pulled it off. I mean, sometimes you can get... I say you can, I can never have enough violence, but that's wrong. I've seen some films that do overdo it and you get bored. But I think for me, it, they really pulled it off. It's stupidly intense. They, it, I've never seen such a fast-paced film. It just never, never stops. And when it does slow down... It's for incredible tense scenes. I mean, there's the, yeah. the machete in the wall scene. Fucking hell. Oh. It's just like, ah, it's the most... Oh, I watch so much of this film yeah. through a pillow. Yeah, exactly. And um, I'm never going to watch. This but film. no, but but and the, and for me, I think as well, the action is so varied. I think for an action film, if there's too much action in an action film, it can get dull. But that's more if it's just the same, 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 yeah. same. For for me, I quite liked this. Had a mix of knifing the shit out of people, punching the shit out of people, shooting the shit out of people, yeah. blowing up fridges, fucking. It was just yeah, okay. it, they, <laughs> up yeah. yeah, it's a very good it's a very good scene. It's basically I, got everything in it. It's just it, it throws everything in there and gets away with it and that's what I liked about it and I I loved it. It's the, the best action movie I've seen for probably a decade let alone this year. Just honestly, I loved it. Yeah, I think that like I appreciated it and I pre I, especially cuz I as I said I don't really watch martial art films. Appreciate the choreography. Like you're yeah. stood there watching them and this is a single non-moving camera and you're thinking and I, had they're actually doing this yeah. to each other although not I'm guessing you, they You really feel it. That's that's what I yeah. like. I like action where you like where you can feel it. Where it is it was, visceral. 
There were so many moments in it where both me and Jay went, oh, oh, yeah. ah. You know, when you just like, when yeah. someone's having Whereas something like Crouching Tiger, I mean, I love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but the, the, for different reasons. But the fighting that, although it's quite beautiful, it, you never feel like they're really hitting each other. It's just a bit like, no. it's a dance. Whereas this That's is like, I like amazing. it. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I mean, that is amazing. And that is what I love Crouching Tiger because it's, it's What beautiful. do you prefer, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or The Raid? Um... Ooh. They're so different. It's hard to compare. I love both those films. To be honest, I love yeah, Crouching Darren, Tiger. Yeah, Darren, you racist. Sorry? I said, yeah, Darren, you racist. Yeah. No, I, I, I do love Crouching Tiger. and it, it, It's so beautiful. But in terms of action, if you're talking... No, what, no, my, what do you prefer? Probably Crouching Tiger a little bit. In terms of a film, but in terms of an action film... The raid pisses I would, all over it. I would pisses all over it. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, my number three, I'm guessing I'm not going to get to talk about it, is The Hunt. Yeah, no, you're not talking about that yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't even know oh, what that is. So, Lindsay, what is your... No, Dave right, gets to do... Did you get Laura's... She started. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, but... She had Laura's number three is my number oh, two. Right. What is your number two, Lindsay? The Hunger Games. Hey. Hey. And be, probably because I saw it quite recently. Um, oh, okay. But not read the books. Not really kind of... Not really something I paid that much attention to. I kind of thought it was somewhere between Running Man and Battle Royale. And to a degree it is. But um, I just... It didn't feel like young adult fiction. It felt like a film about a young person in an adult world, which um, I don't know, people, fans of the book, I get the impression that book, the fans of the book love the films. There's a, there seems to be a lot of love for these books. But um, I thought she was astonishing. I thought a film carried by a cast of teenagers um, engaged me from start to finish. Uh, there's a few kind of random little quirks like the world the whole world that it's set in kind of took me a while to get used to but then I kind of fell in love with this kind of slightly cartoony Dr Zeus world where everybody's a bit bigger than they're supposed to be and everyone's a bit brighter than they're supposed to be and yeah like I, I, I want to see the next one and I think that's you know that's just where I stand it kind of yeah, feel like I want to see already, this yeah. girl I can't believe they've just started filming it I'm like dying to see that well, I, thought, I thought they showed it I didn't yeah, realise it well it was on your list so yeah, I mean, just echo what Lindsay's say, saying, I think as well, like the, the cartoon characters you're talking about in such a cold, harsh world, really, in a way, mm. just just the sits, and they work really well, and it sits really well together. But yeah, just, I'm going to say something here that's going to, I know it's going to upset Darren, but for me, what I like about it is the fact that it, it's brutal, but... I don't have to see all the horrible bits. And that's that, what makes it young adult. That's yeah. one of the things that really works for me because mm. I, I, it's not that I don't love that brutality. It's just that I don't want to always have to see it, actually physically see yeah. it in the film. Well, you that's become kind of desensitised so, to it as well, whereas when so, you only see flashes of it, it has a bigger impact in something like that. Um, yeah, like I quite, because I, like, I didn't know what to expect, I quite like the fact that actually she, she spends most of the time hiding yeah. instead of fighting. She's not a big kind of warrior woman who kicks ass. She... She fights when she has to, but she doesn't do... Whereas, you know, there's obviously a group of them that go hunting and it's like... Yeah, I like, no. I like I, I've, I've properly invested in her as a character. Absolutely. And, you know, the whole thing of her taking her sister's place just pulls you into it even more. And, yeah. You know, and it's, it's, you're just with her. You're just with her the whole time. And the only slight disappointment for me in the film was what they did at the end, which I'm not going to reveal in case people haven't seen it, but, you know, it was, wasn't jarred a little bit. But yeah, generally, throughout the whole of it, it was so just drawn into this film and this world and just thought it was just just pretty beautiful. Yeah, I'll just say that it, it was on my top ten until this morning and I had a bit of a reshuffle. Um, I, mean, the, the, I, was, I mean, I loved it. I think it's a brilliant film. But I was, the reasons why it just missed out was because 
I actually didn't think it was as strong when they actually started the Hunger Games. I loved the first half. It was amazing. But when they got to the games, it wasn't quite as good, but it wasn't quite as strong. It lost it a little bit uh, for me. And I suppose for me, I, I, I sort of wished it was a bit older. I, I, I never felt it was brutal enough. I didn't, you know, she, they, she didn't feel like she was lived in poverty and that she was this sort of stricken kid. And the viol- it didn't feel that violent and that... This is mine and Lindsay's number two and three. Can you stop putting next? Sorry, I like really to argue about it. Yeah, no, I love the film. I love the film, but I just feel as if it, that's what stopped it from being greater when it when it pretty much was. It's just like, I wish it was a little bit harder. I wish it was a little bit more shocking, a little bit more frightening. But it's a, it's a yeah. kids' film, so what do you expect? Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I think it's Darren. It's um, I I liked it, but um, it's quite a bit lower down my list because it lost it a bit in the last half an hour, forty five minutes or so for me. It just felt a bit week a bit half-hearted towards the end but it's still very good and I, i'm definitely looking forward to the next uh, the next part of it and you oh. compare that to other franchise books like fucking twilight or harry potter and it is it's leagues fast. ahead yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. i mean this is a film a lot of thought has gone into that film yeah exactly yeah. it's a cl- it's class it's a it is a film you know yeah um dave you're number two uh, my number two my number two is looper Ooh. no um that's also my number two. So we can okay, we can both chat about it. Yeah, uh, yeah oh, and... it's no. You what, sorry? No, you can't. Oh, oh can't. you? Oh, okay, no, sorry. Can't. Sorry, Lynn. Moving on. Oh, no, very limited film two, watching. My number two. Oh, I Darren, love this number film. two. It's Frank and Weenie. Oh, oh, I never saw it. <laughs> it's showing in a little cinema in Lincoln in two or three weeks, so I'm going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, um... I suppose after, you know, Tim Burton's not been on a hot form over the past ten years. I've loved a few of his, to be honest, but... He's has made a few clunkers, and this for me is Tim Burton at his best. This is Nightmare Before Christmas. This is Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice. This is it's it's sort of like a best of in a way because it's got so many sort of visuals and moments and vignettes of his previous films all collated into one. Um, that, but but it but it's it's just fantastic. It just looks absolutely stunning. It's it's everything you kind of want from a sort of kind of one of his films and not in particularly animation films it's you know it's funny it's so fucking imaginative every sort of character in it is really sort of unique and a brilliant take on it and that was another thing again like Dave pointed out earlier is a bit of a theme is that it was a bit of a surprise because I really hate the short film that he made of Frank and Weenie when it first got announced I didn't give a crap about it and very slowly I got excited about it but it's just it's just beautiful. It's just amazing uh, on every level. It's kind of, you know, I, I love being serious about film and I love really kind of deeply thematic films and stuff like that. But ultimately, I'm a big fucking kid and I love sort of fantasy and I love kids' films and I love animation. And this is like the best of the, you know, bang up there. And I think it's going to last. It's I think up for the Oscar. Instagram. Hopefully, it's going to say oh, that. Yeah. It I, didn't do that well at the cinema. So hopefully, no, if it does get the Oscar, it's it might. Pick black up again. and white. Yeah, mm. horror kids horror film. It's like it's not you know. I mean, it's not like a commercial. It was my so. it was my number six, and I think the reason it didn't get the only reason it didn't get higher for me was just because. Um, uh, it, oh, I've lost my train of thought. Yeah, yeah, the only reason it didn't get higher for me was just uh, just because it didn't necessarily um, do anything new. It was it was as you said very the much Tim Burton yeah. the best of and 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 which was great and lovely to watch him back at his best. But it just didn't do anything new or kind of different that he hasn't really done before. And that's the only reason it isn't higher. But it's still a really good, really beautiful Tim Burton film. Okay, so we're at number one. Lin- should we start with Lindsay because that's your number two? Is the big one then? 
is yeah my the the best film i saw in 2012 was looper cool i think oh, um, we all chat about this because things that i've seen i thought it was a really interesting really solid action adventure sci-fi type film it had some really strong points like i didn't i wasn't in the podcast where you talked about it and laura you talked about the scene that um, at the time, I know I didn't. I hadn't seen the film. You talked about the scene where they capture him, they capture his future self, or they capture his past self. Anyway, um, and it just it just stands out as a film that I really enjoyed and that I really kind of I really went with. That doesn't mean it was perfect because you know, once you get into time travel and funny makeup on people's faces, um, but you know I enjoy watching um, Bruce Willis run around. So <laughs> yeah, it kind of of all the films I saw last year, it's my favourite. Yeah, I think it for me. I mean, it's my number two, so it's high on my list as well. Obviously, um, it just it it surprised me. Not necessarily surprised me in a way that I wasn't expecting to be good, but I mean, the film constantly surprised me. I didn't always know what was coming next, and I was so gripped. It's probably the most engrossing film I've seen this year. I just I just always wanted to know what was happening next, and as I say, it kept throwing new things at me, and it was just so much fun. It was exciting. There's been people who've don't like who've argued, complained about it because of a few narrative flaws and stuff like that, but. It's time travel, there's going to be flaws because time travel is fucking impossible in its nature. Um, and it's just, yeah, same as, same with the Ulands. It's just, everything works so nicely. It's so classically done, so entertaining, so surprising. It's just, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this is the only film that we've all banging on about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Um, yeah, absolutely the same. Just, I thought it was quite stunning. Very rarely do I come out of a cinema and think, fucking wow. And this was one of those films that really sort of blew me away. It's not higher in your list, actually. I know, the oh, top I four, suppose, the yeah. top four for me was just like interchangeable almost. Yeah. The top four were just like, they're just yeah. out of this world films. They're, 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 all, the other, all the other stuff, you know, but those four was like, there's like a gap. Yeah. Um, it's always hard to come up with an order. Yeah. I struggled with the order. It always changed. The, the, I mean, the scene. I mean, again, you, you can pick it, but I think you can argue against it. But I still think probably the most powerful scene in, in the cinema this year was the scene where that guy is getting his yeah. pieces. Oh, it's really strange. as he's running running back to to his old, you know young self. Bit of physical biff. Something like Something that. Something like that. And his limbs are just fall disappearing, and he's just crumpling as he's running. It's a fucking stunning scene, stunning yeah. sequence. Brilliant. Yeah, huh? I think. I mean, I, I think I just need to echo what Dave said in that you know, I, I, I did. You know, you always go in expecting something, and it just totally, you know, would surprise me every second, and I didn't know what was coming next, and that was that was brilliant. But also, again, I'm going to say the same things I said for the Hunger Games is that it wasn't, it was brutal, but brutality that I could watch, and I, I'm going to love a film that can that can do that because I like to see it, but I don't want to see it. If that makes sense. Yeah, to all. experience it. To experience it, yeah. And I just don't I watch just, the raid. <laughs> yeah, I won't watch the raid. I won't watch irreversible and all this. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I just thought it was great. And and also, I'd, I think um, why is his name gone out of my head? Because his name is really Gordon Joseph Lewitt or Joseph yeah. Gordon yeah. Levitt. JGL, it, it, it's just incredible. It's <laughs> just incredible. Do they? I really rate him. Idiots do. I always look forward to his films now. I just think he's brilliant. Cool. Cool. Um, Dave, what is your Ooh, number one? My number one is going to be a bit controversial. Oh, no. Oh, God. Not because, not because you guys hated it. I don't think any of you guys have seen it. Oh, all, okay. but <sighs> and Laura will probably have a go at me because uh, I, 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 I had a go at some of her suggestions for her list. Uh, okay. <laughs> Come on, Dave. Spit it out. Basically, the, the, my pick for my favourite film this year is it's controversial because... Really, it played at first, and I saw it first on television, 
uh, and it was shown as a series. Uh, so a lot of people would say it's not a film, but the director has argued that it is a film, is is and it's played at various film festivals in unedited, full feature length form, and it's been released as one sort of release. Although it's so long, it has to be spread over five discs. It's basically Mark Cousins. A story film in Odyssey. It's a 15-hour documentary. That's not a film. It is a film. Every, he has always called it a film. No, it's Dave disqualified. Dave disqualified. Long... It's a documentary. Documentaries have always ended up in our, in our top lists. So why can't this? <laughs> it's a TV show. Why no, but it isn't. When you watch story it, film's on, meant to be amazing. on DVD and stuff like that, it is just it, it isn't split into episodes. It, um, there there are sort of chapters in terms of it, chapters throughout the documentary. Um, I mean, 15 hours. It's not going to be one long sort of thing. Anyway, it's. Uh, so yeah it is but my argument is it's a documentary and my main argument for putting it in the list is it's so fucking good I don't care if it is a TV series nothing nothing this year though the thing is and the thing is it's also a documentary about film and nothing nothing else this year or barely ever has ever got me so excited about films and just watching it is so engrossing for I could I mean because I, I, I saw it on TV at first um, so I did see it in sort of chunks, in sort of hour-long chunks. Um, although I saw a lot of it online, it was like two-hour chunks sometimes. But um, I, I got it sent to review as well. I got sent a copy to review. And originally I thought, oh, I, I watched it quite recently. I don't need to watch it again. Um, it's because it's so long. It's, it takes a long time to watch 15 hours worth of the documentary. So, but I ended up, I thought, I'll put it on again just to look what the DVD quality is like and see if there's any features but I just got hooked to it again. I ended up sitting there for two hours watching watching a massive chunk of it. And I, but I had to stop because I wanted to write the review. But um, it's just it's just incredible. It's it's so simple in presentation in terms of technically. It, it is mainly just clips of films. Uh, Matt Cousins doing it with his comedy voice, uh, talking over the top of them, just explaining through the history of film why what you're watching is important, why what this director has done changed cinema. And then moving on to what what came after that, and it's it is just basically telling the history of film. But what's great about it is it's not telling the obvious history that you necessarily know. I mean, there's, there's there, are, there are films in there that you'll recognise. There's obviously you've got Citizen Kane. He talks about you've got big directors like Ozu and things like that. Uh, but you've also got a lot. There's films. I mean, I I spend hours like every day looking at fucking film websites and stuff like that, and there were still films I didn't know about. Um, but also, I think the beauty of it was he talked about films that maybe I have heard about, but I've not watched, I've always avoided it, or I just haven't got around to watching it. And what, what it made me do, as, as I was saying, it got me so excited about cinema, and it made me, I wrote a big fuck-off list watching the film, I was writing notes during the film, <laughs> thinking, I need to watch this film, it looks amazing, I need to watch this director, I need to do this. And I've just, I've never experienced anything like that before. So, in terms of a film, a, a, something just really grabbing me, and, and just pulling me in and getting me excited about anything it just it just blew me away and so I, I had to have it the number one slot I mean because I, there's been a lot of good films this year but nothing quite sort of as powerful as that nothing sort of hit me as, as hard as that and that just I was telling everyone about it as soon as I watched it because it was just I just I just fucking loved it so yeah odd choice but yeah, I loved it odd choice my favourite film this year is um, Tom and Jerry mine's David Attenborough's documentary <laughs> What's uh, your it's a documentary you're a documentary you in there last time and okay I, my favourite film of the year and again all my top four is interchangeable but my what, what, the one that made it is Argo just I'm so surprised 
Don't I? I'm not. No, no not surprised because it's, it's a good film, but like... That it made number one? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, I mean, like I said, top four. They're all amazing films, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, just, I mean, I just absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Everything about it, start to finish, really. I just thought it was, again, I, like I was saying about um, sort of Shadow Dancer, it's sort of borderline sort of perfect filmmaking. It's good on Ben. I can't believe he's not been nominated for Best Director. It's yeah. gobsmacking. Because I think it's such an achievement in terms of what it's doing and the kind of... Again, like we was on about Beasts of the Wild, the kind of balance of sort of the, the humour in it, the lightness, and then the tension mm. of the sort of situation as well. So I just thought, yeah, it absolutely riveted from start to finish. And, and very original as well. It's, you don't, it's, I, there's not many films like this, I don't think, personally. So I think a combination of brilliantly well-made, fantastic story, and also it being unlike a lot of, a lot of other things, which has been a lot of our top tens have been a bit like that. But um, yeah. And yeah. yeah. um, final one, what's your number one? <laughs> I go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was my number four, um, and again, interchangeable but brilliant film. Uh, my number one is The Hunt. The um, please tell me the director's name. I'm useless with this. Thomas Vinterberg. <laughs> Thomas Vinterberg. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is my number three. I was just blown away by this film. I knew nothing about. Sorry, I can. I knew nothing about it really when I was going into it. Um, didn't know what to expect. And started out by being a little bit frustrated, being a little bit frustrated by it because um, I wasn't entirely sure that the way that they were presenting the situation, which is this whole idea that this this teacher and um, abuses this this young girl, and the way that they started to present that, I thought oh, it kind of started to jar with me. And then I just, the more that I watched it, the more that I realised actually it it was very clever about the way that it was looking at people's reactions to that and how people might respond and just just kind of I just loved the fact that it just made you kind of think about how you would react in that situation and that's that I mean also it was a really beautiful film and really engrossing and really great to watch um and the guy the main actor name Camera's Bonvillain. Yeah, so he's oh, he um. Did Mads, he... Middle... Mads Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen yeah. yeah, did he w- did he win? He won something at Cannes, didn't he? Didn't he win best? Did he win actor? best actor? I think he won. Yeah, he won best actor, actor. and just deservedly so. He was incredible in it. Absolutely brilliant. Just just the tension of the whole town turning against you, and then and just kind of not knowing how to cope with it, and deal. Ah, oh, just it was just brilliant. I can't even. Can't even say yeah, anymore. I'm, I'm not sure. Is incredible. it? It's out this month in the UK. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I haven't seen it yet. Recommend but it. I, yeah, I've heard a lot of good. It was my number three, and it, it was abs- It was the best film at Cannes by a mile. No, not by a mile. It's um, that beast, Southern Wild, and a more were the top three films of Cannes, and that that was the, for me that that was the best one. It just just a, an amazing drama. Just just amazing. Just a, yeah, lovely perspective on it. Loved it. Awesome. Yeah. So, is that everybody's yeah. top tens? Yeah, I've got a long list done? of DVDs to watch. Yeah. 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 Some really interesting sounding <coughs> We've got 15 hours of documentary to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's going to keep us quite busy. It is amazing. I have wanted to watch it for so ever since it was on, wasn't it? Channel 4, was it? Yeah, yeah it's Channel 4. I remember yeah. you telling me. Oh, about I saw it. bits of that. Yeah, that's amazing. You need to watch it. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, Dave's properly in love. It's amazing for film. Yeah, I mean, some people probably wouldn't get into fifteen hours of that, but if you love your film history and stuff like that, it's it's, it's incredible. 
Awesome. Yeah. I think we should wrap up very quickly now. Mm. And just... yeah. Yeah. Two, we passed the two hour mark. Oh my right. God. So, um, oh, uh, we could very quickly see People could vote out. for us as their favourite film. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, oh, we've got a couple of things to quickly mention. we got uh, out during the next fortnight. Let's not even comment. We've got Gangster Swag comes out today. Les Miserables comes out tomorrow. Uh, of the 11th of January, by the way, sorry. Uh, also on the 11th, we've got Jiro Dreams of Dreams of Sushi. I can't say that. Midnight Sun, The Lookout, American Mary. Then the 18th, we've got Django Unchained, Monsters Inc., the 3D re release, uh, The Yay! Sessions, uh, VHS, Wee Man, and Every Day. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, also, a quick plug I think should go out to uh, our uh, blueprint are actually uh, putting on a festival. At the end of January, on the 27th um, of January, we are going to be sort of based around two films. We're showing uh, Akira on the big screen and uh, Shohai Imamura's Pigs and Battleships. Uh, And around (coughs) that, we're going to have a big celebration of Japanese culture. We've got martial artists coming in, doing a demonstration. We've got um, musicians, got some traditional Japanese musicians uh, we've got an artist who's uh, who's going to have an exhibition on in the week running up to the 27th. And also on the 27th, you'll get to see that work as well. Uh, we've got all sorts. We're going to have food, and, food drink. and drink. Jasper. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, With Pigs and Battleships, we have Jasper Sharp, uh, who's sort of a renowned Japanese cinema expert. Um, and he's going to be talking about Pigs and Battleships and Shohai Imamura and the uh, sort of Japanese New Wave movement, which that was a sort of an early part of. Um so yeah, it's going to be awesome. So sounds amazing. Where is it, and where can we get tickets? Well, Dave? well, it's at um, Bishop's Cross the Tester University College. It's at the venue um, there in Lincoln in the UK. And uh, to get tickets, you need to head over to our website. It's um, JapanFestival.co.uk, and uh, it's all pretty clear on there. You'll be able to find the ticket page and uh, get yourself tickets. Dirt cheap as well. Only four pounds for Akira, six pounds for Pigs and Battleships, or eight pounds for both and everything. And isn't Akira a bit having a nationwide release? Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, Akira is it's, it's 25 years old this year and it's getting a re-release in the UK around sort of summertime, June, I think. Um, but we've got it early because uh, we spoke to Manga and they very kindly allowed us to screen early because Lincoln aren't getting it um, in summer. Surprise, surprise. So, um, yeah, if you want to see it on the big screen, uh, uh, pop down to the venue. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Plug done. <laughs> you coming, Lynn? Sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, sounds really good. Will there be sushi? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Ooh, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and bottles of asahi. Woohoo! Um, good, good. Okay, so um, yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks let's, we'll do back go. to normal. Then we'll be gearing up for the Oscars awesome. special. Hope, hope, hope all our fan has got two hours to spare this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. And see you later. Bye. Bye. Stream Movies, your weekly guide to all the latest movie news and reviews, hosted by your special Aussie hosts Ryan, Alistair, and Jonathan. Check us out online at www.novastreammovie.com.